Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. It was Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ and it was Tuesday the 17th of August and we had some big hitters on today. None bigger than the king of spin, the king of many things, Shane Warne. He was outstanding. He entertained us, but he also educated us as well around culture around aggressive tactics and around what teams around the world need to do to get better and better at playing this wonderful game that is cricket. We also had Harry Simeo on the show who talked us through week one of the EPL and as an Arsenal man celebrating his birthday, he was crying into his wine. And then we had Adam Blair who was reflecting on the 2008 success of the Kiwis where they served it up to the Kangaroos. And he also gave us a bit of an insight into the Warriors. So it was a great show. We had a few laughs along the way. But a little bit serious show for us today is, but a good show all the same. Yeah, we cover things, all things serious. But I love the chat with the, the Spin King, Shane Warne, chatting all things cricket, but also all things how to fix COVID. Loved his chat. He is an absolute champion. And that is Baz and Izzy for breakfast. <laughs> Kia ora and good morning, Aotearoa. It is just after 6am on Tuesday the 17th of August and this is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. We are by Kiwis and we are for Kiwis and we've got another huge show actually. And I'm going to say huge because we've got one of the biggest cricketing stars the game has ever seen going to join us on the show this morning and we are going to chat some cricket because fresh off the back of the test match which has just concluded over in the UK which we covered on here on SCNZ ball by ball live coverage India have got up and they have well they've actually thumped England in the end but it looked very unlikely at the start of day five but it just continues the romance that is test cricket as Shane Warne is going to join us later Ladies and gentlemen, and that is going to be huge for us here on SENZ. We'll talk a little bit about Test Cricket, and I'm sure we'll hear a little bit about life as well from the great man Shane Warren. We're also going to be joined by Adam Blair, the former Kiwis and Warriors player, and chat about the resurgence that is the current Warriors setup. And we've got Harry Simeo, backed by popular demand, to walk us through the first round of the EPL. But before we get to that, we get to our biggest star, and that is... My great mate, Izzy. Good morning, Iz. Hard to follow all those names. Warney, mate. What an absolute champion. I can't wait to chat to Warney. Obviously, uh, cover this amazing test match that's just unfolded over in England, Bears. Pretty exciting things over there. I want to ask you this, mate. India dangled the carrot and left them 271 runs to win. Just after lunch, Mm. what's your mindset going into that game, mate? And obviously, they couldn't get there in the end. Well, it's a good question, bro, because it was actually... So, India were under the pump, like seriously under the mm. pump. So, that, I mean, they got 364 in their first innings, and then England got 391. So, they had a short lead, England did. And then India yep. were reeling, mate. They were, I think they were... 
were they about 200 for eight? So their lead was only about 160 or something. And there was still a couple yeah. of sessions to go. And then a rear guard action from Muhammad Shami and uh, Jasper Boomerah. Boomerah? Yeah, Boomerah. And it led to um, a partnership at 89. So they had the luxury of Virat Kohli being able to declare after lunch on the final day, which is only the second time mm. in Test cricket history that that has actually happened and a team has gone on to win. Oh. So the significance of that is quite considerable. So a really um, forward sort of uh, forward approach from from India and also um, from their captain, Virat Kohli. And then, mate, I'm going to get Warney to talk us through this later because I'm sure he'll do it with a lot more panache, which I'm going, I'm going to. But <laughs> they just folded like a deck of cards, mate, the English top order. They just crumbled. At the home of cricket. And they were in all sorts of trouble. And then, well, the last rights were served and they were rock and rolled right uh, with about eight overs to go. But pretty incredible game, eh? And especially on the back of yesterday too. Is, remember we were chatting yesterday, West Indies-Pakistan, mm. and it was just, I mean, that was a great test match. West Indies ended up winning by one wicket, getting across the line late with a partnership of 18 or 19, I think it was, from number 10, 11. So... In the space of two days, the romance that is Test cricket just continues, mate. Mate, we, we, as you as a former cricketer, you could probably go into those Test matches on day five. You know, it's breaking up. The pitchers is is doing funny things. Was that a case of this kind of final day in, in this Test match? Was the pitch breaking up, or was Boomer and Siraj just absolutely destroying them? Yeah, mate, Boomer and Siraj just destroyed them. To be honest, and that, I think it's more the pressures of of trying to bat out the game than it was anything to do with the pitch because the pitch didn't look like it was playing that tricky, mate, to be honest. It was... Um, mm. The batting was woeful. They just <laughs> can't bat, eh? They just can't bat. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe Root can bat. Joe Root's a gun. The rest yeah. of them... The rest of them, like, they just seem betwixt and between, mate. Like, it doesn't look like they know whether they want to stick or what twist when they're say? at the middle. And, what did old Tuffy say about them? Oh, yeah, tough as what did Phil Tufton say when he was on? He was a great oh, man. I can't remember what it was. Unorthodox or something like that. He's, something, he's just paying them out left front. He it was a bloody great chat. Yeah, that's right. He said his, their techniques were terrible. But, yeah, I guess, <laughs> mate, <mayor, laughs> it's coming from Tuffers with a high score of 22. was a was a great <laughs> chat. But, but, I mean, it does just raise, it begs the question, you know, like test cricket, right? Like, everyone loves test mm. cricket. Um, well, not even, but a lot of people love Test cricket. But it's still challenged commercially. There's no doubt about it. But little moments like today. So India are the powerhouses, right? So they, yeah. whatever India say goes when it comes to Test cricket. Who he who pays says, well, India, yep. they get all the say because they have all the cash. So a win like this, and what it means, what it would mean to them, it's only their third time that they've won at the home of cricket. Lords, 1986. 2014, they were led by MS Dhoni, and now 2021. Now, there is certain moments in cricket which make huge differences to the game moving forward. I wonder if this is going to be one of those moments under Virat Kohli's leadership, who is the biggest star in world cricket and who has a huge mm. say with what India do moving forward, whether this will just allow Test cricket some more breathing space moving forward and then allow it to be able to have a more of a presence in the international game, because you've got to think is that most of 
um, the world game has started to head towards the shorter forms of the game because they pay the bills. But moments mm. like this could be quite important for the game moving forward, if that makes sense. Well, that, that's, that's why test cricket is so great, mate. You go five days and it comes down to the final two sessions in the afternoon. That's what I get the satisfaction of. I Look, I'll be honest, I'll be on the other side. There's nothing worse when you go five days and they're blocking it out yeah. to save a game or, you know, go, you, you end in a draw, you know, and you're like, oh, well, that was that was pointless. But then you look at it as, as a cricketing fan and what these players go through to save the test match. They don't want to lose, so a draw is better than a loss. So actually, if you... You know, if you dig deeper, it is a, it's actually a very technical and actually a really tactical kind of game, isn't it? Yeah, that's an interesting point you make, though. Like, so it does it is boring sometimes, right? And so from from yeah. your point of view, you sit there and go, "Oh my god, we've just played for five days and we haven't got a result." Mm. Are you kidding me? Yeah, is that fair? Like you're sitting yeah. there going, "That's a boring game." Yeah, yeah. Like it depends on the situation of the game. Like obviously, if it's it's just been like. They've got 380, and then they've come in and got 380, and then you're just playing out the last two days because you can't get a result. But if it's up to and fro like this test match with India and um and England, then that's exciting, you know? Yeah, so therefore you need... For most spectators, you kind of need competitive wickets then, right? So the game... Yeah, yeah. The result's need, possible. Oh, 100%. Like, obviously, we want people scoring... Scoring runs, but you need to give the bowlers an, an opportunity. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's just one of those things. I, I just love a result, and this is why Test cricket still is is a game for a result like this in the afternoon with England India. Unbelievable. That's yeah. why you watch that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's well. First of all, I was just thinking about your bowling technique. You'd be dangerous at Lords down the slope, just swinging it up the slope and nipping it back back down the slope on the front <laughs> on the knee roll, and conversely from oh. the nursery end. Down the slope with that away swinger from the right hander, I reckon you might just lure a couple into a front foot drive. If I was if I was captaining you is and you were bowling from the nursery <laughs> end at Lords to say yeah. Joss Butler, I'd leave yeah. cover open and I'd entice yeah. the drive and I'd ask you to pitch the yeah. ball up, swing it away, and I'd give you three slips and a gully. <laughs> and I'd say, There you go, mate. Oh. I trust you are gonna get the edge here. What do you reckon of that? Bears, How would you bowl? I was, a, I was a, I was a two-day specialist, mate. There's no way Daggy going five days. I tell you that. It's, that <laughs> is a long, long time. Do you know what? There's nothing worse when you've just bowled a great spell and then you're just warming down and and then you're watching this better. You're watching a Brendan McCullum come in and he is pumping you all over the field. You're watching your mates run into the boundary every single minute and then your captain comes over and he goes, Daggy, warm up. And I'm like... No way, mate. No way. I'm not warming up for this guy. Look at him. He's just pumped the whole team for 180. I'm off. See ya. Lords of Sea, though. The Duke Ball. Yeah. The Duke Ball. The slope at Lords. And the, the little buzz which goes around the ground. The Lords hum, they call it. I reckon you would really what? dominate at Lords. I've never ever been to Lords, but to talk to me about these um these different ends and different bowling. What what is it about it? Like, is it actually an end that suits bowlers better? Can you delve into that a bit more? Yeah. So at Lords, there's a slope, right? So as yep. you're looking out from the changing room, from the left side to the right side, it drops, and it's something quite considerable. I'll get the actual amount. It's something like a meter and a half or something. It drops across oh. the entire field. So the pitch is on a slight angle. 
So then it depends. What? So sometimes you, it does nip down the hill. So you can kind of, uh, not all the time, but just occasionally it nips down the hill. So if you're bowling from the from the pavilion end, then then you've sort of, you're trying to, well, you or Tim Southey. So I look at you like Tim Southey, similar sort of release and kind of swinging away. And So he would bowl from that end and he'd try and swing it away, but then it might hit the seam and then just hold its line and go back into the right-hander. And from the other end, the yeah. nursery end, he'd, because the slope then swings down, so he's trying to swing it away and it would go further down the slope. So there's quite a different kind of um, structure to the to the Lord's That's um, fascinating. Surface, but that is fascinating, mate. Honestly, like you would, you would thrive. Oh, this mate, might be a dumb. I'm telling you, this might be a silly question. But when you're running down, do you feel like you're running on a little bit of a lean, or you know, can you actually feel it? Definitely, definitely. I'll get the exact <laughs> amount for you in a sec. How big that slope is. Yeah, but we've got plenty to talk Perfect. about today, and not just cricket, not just the Test match which has gone on. We've got heaps to get through as well. And even we'll go back a little bit and talk about some of the chats we had yesterday because there's some fascinating insights into the current All Blacks setup, which I'm going to pick your brain on, that Aaron Smith gave us yep. a bit of an insight into yesterday, which I think we should dive a little deeper on. But plenty, we can get to that a little bit later on. It's now, what, 17, 18 minutes past 6 in the morning on Tuesday. India's got up over England over at Lord's. And we've got plenty to chat about. You listen to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. 22 minutes past 6 a.m. What an enthralling test match we've seen. It's Baz and Izzy for breakfast. And 0800 150 is the phone line. Were you following throughout the night? Are you a truckie somewhere around New Zealand? Give us a call. Let us know how you enjoyed that classic edition of test match cricket. Oh, there's nothing like it, is there, Baz? No, there's not. Um, I think I think that's the thing. Like, all us cricket fans, we appreciate all the other forms of the game, but Test cricket just has that little bit of an edge to it that you just can't get anywhere else, you know? And I think it'll be fascinating to hear Smitty later on what, what he thinks, but I think the game of Test cricket itself has never been more exciting than what it currently sits. It still has its challenges, mm. is definitely, um, because, yep. you know, the other forms of the game are what what finances it. Um, I guess one of the real keys is that, that some of the pro, uh, some of the countries, they can't make money out of test cricket. In fact, they can't even afford to play test cricket, which is why they only have, say, mm. two test series. So this test series at the moment, which is going on, is a five-test match series because you've got the heavyweights there, India and England, and they'll always want to play test cricket. But a lot of the other countries can't. So that's where the challenge for the game moving forward lies. But days like today... Series like this, they give it hope. They give it opportunity because the big players who have all the money are enjoying big moments which are creating history for the game, which gives it a chance. Um, just to answer your question you think, before as well, mate. Sorry, two and a half metres is the slope at Lords. Sorry, is carry on. Oh, oh, two and a half metres. Oh. That's actually not just a little slope. That's a quite a big slope, to be honest, mate. That is unreal. It's two two and a half no, it's about two of me. <laughs> two of you, mate. <laughs> Dude, I can't. I can't picture that. I'm going to have to go Google this and have a little look at this picture and see if I can picture it on 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 the, on a photo on Google, mate. Because that's unbelievable. I can't believe that step. But mate, let's talk about the mental challenges from um from playing Test cricket. You've played what over a hundred Tests for your country, mate, and the the t- the mental 
aptitude that you have to have to play test cricket. Can you and and delve into that a bit more and what it takes, especially when you, you when you get your three hundred, mate. You spoke about it. You're out there for two and a half days. Like unbelievable. That's what separates test cricket from just everyday ODIs, isn't it? It is, mate. And I mean, it's a, it, that's a great question itself because it, even as someone who's played test cricket for a long time, it's hard to sum up. Like it's it's mm. it's just like a it's it's it just does something to you. It just makes you. It takes your mind, your body, and your soul to a on your good days and your bad. It takes you to a, a space you, that you just can't explain. If that makes sense, and and it's probably yeah. Well, I don't know because I've never played <coughs> rugby for the All Blacks, but I'm, I'm guessing it's similar to playing All Black um, rugby. Is just that you know that it's bigger than just you. It's there's something which is so surreal about the opportunity, and and we're custodians of the the jersey or of the black cap as we're passing through. And so you think about all those who have been before and you think about those who will come after and you know that you're only here for a finite period, but you have an opportunity to create memories and history and moments in time. And and Test Cricket gives you that. T20 and those things, they don't really give you that. And I'm sure the All Black mm. stuff would give you that as well. Is that fair? Yeah, 100%, mate. 100%. I totally, totally agree with you there. And... uh Mate, you've been there, you've done it all, and, and that's what I, I want to ask the, the people out there. Give us a text, double eight, double three. If you think Test Cricket is still alive, it's still got its aura behind it, it's still people love it, Do you? why do you love Test Cricket? Give us a text on double eight, double three. I'd love to hear from you. We'd love to chat about it a bit more because I'm fascinated about it, Baz, because reality, if we spoke about it, rugby's an 80-minute game, we train all week, but for, for you guys, you're out there, you're fielding for a whole day, someone's batting for three days straight, like the mental challenges that must be going through your head, mm. uh, especially after, like yourself, like you'd be fielding for two days, mate, someone's put on a hell of a score, and then you've got to go in and open the batting. Like, talk to me about that. That's a, that's a challenge in itself. Yeah, those opening batting fellas in Test Creek, I did it a few times, and I enjoyed it, but... Mate, you're not right. There's something going on. You know, if <laughs> if you really enjoy that and you really get up and about for that challenge, then you're not quite wide right, you know, like, which is fine. You need all those people to yeah. the, the ones who go out there first. But, yeah, that can be a very, very difficult job. And that's why Tom Latham oh. has been such a revelation for us because he's done it for a long period of time and been really successful. There, There's a few texts here, mate, asking, well, Pretty much confirming your uh, your chat there as well. You want to read through those? Yep, I've got one here. Morning, lads. Loving the chat. Keep it up. Can you ask Paul from the tab? For us, what India were paying for the win on the morning of day five. I reckon that would have been a great punt. Cheers, Steve from Auckland. That would have been a great, fascinating little couple of odds there. What do you reckon they would have been paying, Bears? Oh, it would have been pretty long, mate, because, I mean, as I say, like, it's only the second team in history. That is um mm. that has declared their third innings after lunch on day five and gone on to win. So, if they weren't paying long odds, then Mister Mwati, we need to get better at it. You know, we need to give the punters more odds <laughs> to make a quid. <laughs> there's um there's also another one here. Is you want to read that one out? Bears and Izzy, what a phenomenal turnaround on day five from India. Just brilliant to listen to on SENZ app. Thank you, thank you. I must say to the people who wanted a full-day test match, they've gone very, very quiet. Also, heads up, <laughs> it's Harry Simeo's birthday today, so we have to wish Harry 
a happy birthday when we get him online very, very shortly. Yes, mate. He's good crack too, Harry, and he's going to give us everything we need to know about round one of the English Premier League. We're going to get off to the news soon, but we've got we've got a clip from Joe Root. This is this is how dejected it sounds in the in the current uh, English dressing room after their their test loss today to India. Yeah, I think a lot of that has to come on my shoulders. To be honest, as captain, you take responsibility. I think tactically, I could have done things slightly differently this morning, um, and we went from being in a very strong position where you know we looked like we we're going to go and, and win this game to. Um, to being behind things and making it very difficult for ourselves. So, um, you know, I, I've got to do a lot of learning and, and make sure that if we find ourselves in a similar position, tactically I'm better. And does that come down to an emotional thing because it was a pretty highly charged test match? No, I don't think so. Um, you know, I think uh, more than anything, just probably got a, a few things slightly wrong and, and credit those uh, partnership there. They, they did play pretty well. Um, but, yeah, I, I think... No, I'll look at things, probably doing it slightly differently if I got another opportunity. Mm, interesting. Well, one thing he could do is find another couple of fellas to bat alongside him because he's been a pillar of strength <laughs> in, the, in his batting order and no one else has offered a brass razoo. So that's what he needs to do. He needs to get some more batters. Is. Mate, is, is that what it's like? I feel sorry. Like, is that the burden you carry as a captain when you're captain in the side? You take it all on your shoulders. Is, is that right? Like, you've, you would have felt. Nah, like, I don't know. Have you felt like that? Yeah, you do because it's it's your team. While you're in the chair, that you're mm. you're responsible for um, getting the results. And if you don't do it, then then you've really got to you got to take it on your shoulders. But we can talk about this after mm. anyway. It's time for Trudy. Fascinating chat this morning. It's great questions. Love it. Love the passion of Test cricket. Here's Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Trudy. 27 and a half minutes away from 7 o'clock. Powerful start to the show this morning with some test cricket. Getting it done, Virat Kohli and his Indian side rolling England on the line at Lords. Uh, your home for everything thoroughbred racing, of course, is loveracing.nz. And yesterday, well, there was some superb trials at Tarapa with some nice horses going around. And the first trial of the day on the bubbles was stylish. The Karaka million winner. So all set for the on the bubbles syndicate and them to be heading to the guineas. We also had Catalyst go around. We had Bowden. Some nice horses. I just can't wait till loveracing.nz and we can get up there and have the videos. So hopefully they'll be loaded today so you can go through all of those trials to try find find some winners today at the Pakenham Synthetic of all places in race two. We've got a horse that runs in the same colours as our friend the elephant. Yes, it's Emily and David Brown. They sent over the rhinoceros, of course, the elephant, but also a horse called Bifrost, who's only had the one start. It's put out for a bit of a spell, has come back, it's trialled, and I opened to $8. Punters haven't missed these colours because it's into $4.20. And I know the great man Ted McLaughlin circled this one as something, a progressive type. So we'll be watching that. It's Bifrost in race two at Pakenham. And I don't know if it'll win, but $8 into four twenty. That's a market mover there for the Kiwi flying the flag in Australia. Baz, yesterday you told us you were off to the trials to see... You're, well, not a filly anymore, Mia Tabata. How is she? Yep, she went good, actually. Um, look, the track was a little bit heavy for the first four uh, trials. It was on the course proper. Of course, it was galloped on only um, in the weekend. So with the rain, which had arrived, and just the worn track, it 
it meant that things were um, were just a little wet underfoot. But I think in terms of what most of the horses were there to do, which was build their fitness and, and get a run under their belt, it certainly got the job done. Just when you have a look at those videos, have a look at the Catalyst video as well, because Catalyst actually almost went down at one point yesterday, and the owners and the trainers um, of Catalyst would have feared the worst for just a second, but him being the champion that he is, picked himself up and managed to go through to the line, but hopefully there's no residual damage there, and his targets are still very much in the pipeline, but yeah, just have a look at that video, and of course in that On The Bubbles trial, um, the first trial, there was also Bonnie Lass, who ran second. Graham Richardson, who was on our show the other day, has uh, trains that filly, and she was also mightily impressive, and she looks like she's got some big targets. And, gee, Louie, you haven't missed one with Bifrost either, just quietly. I am on. I had a good oh. dip at it last <laughs> night. So that our man Chris Moore, who gave us, of course, the winner the other day in 720, he also... Gave me that one last night saying, have a look at Bifrost tomorrow on the synthetic at Packingham in race two. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll have a little dip. And not much gets under your uh, under your radar, does it, Louie? But <laughs> that uh, that's one for the punters. I got it at $6, so pleased to know that it's short and right into four twenty. Um, Yeah, Tabata was good, and she's got some big targets this summer, so... For us, it was more about just getting a run under her belt and building some fitness. She might even have another trial if the tracks don't improve, to be honest. Um, I think, uh, you know, there's no no point in sending her out there on, on the wet tracks and we'll just give her another run and take her slowly through her campaign. Now she's a five-year-old mare and see where we get to. There's also a pretty nice one yesterday, mate, which, um, which I think is worth watching. It's out of the Stephen Marsh trained... Uh, barn and that's Barbarina if that is not a black type filly in the making then I don't know what is regally bred Savabelle filly um, out of the mere Thai the great Waikato stud family as well so there's a bit of racing chat sorry is I know the racing chat you just oh, want to know who am mate, I backing I when I'm backing <laughs> I love it mate you want to know what my dad loves it too because the, he's getting paid he's loving these tips mate he's loving all these horses <laughs> that the boys are bringing out and look let's be honest you're all about the people and I'm not surprised poor Mrs. Uh, call yesterday because they're getting absolutely hiding lately so good work lads great keep it up <laughs> well bye Frost mate bye Frost today at Packingham race 2 get on don't be a moron get okay, more on us do you know what do you know the worst <laughs> thing about this I haven't punted I've still got 96 cents in my TAB account so you know what bye Frost is going to get an absolute hiding today <laughs> gamble responsibly <laughs> double eight double three eight hundred one five oh eight eleven up next it's quizzy dag take on the is master, the quiz master, and you can win a $50 bonus bet with the TAB. It is, I'm trying to do the maths, it's 22 minutes roughly away from 7 in the morning. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. And 0800-150-811 is the number if you want to get a piece of that $50 TAB bonus bet. So the next time England and India are playing a test series or test match on day five, you can have a go at India. Or you might want to have a go at Bifrost like our man Izzy Dag did. Speaking of... It's Quizzy Dag. A quiz for the ages to prove yourself. 
The quizmaster, the ismaster, stay with me. Oh, this might be an absolute disaster. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, if you think you got what it takes, give us a call on 0800 150 811. <laughs> yes, yes, you know what time it is. The phone lines are running hot. Baz, I love your little your little laugh mid that that little rap. It's so little, so cute. I love it. It's Mate, so what about, you what about how often here. about the studio gets? Uh, the whole <laughs> thing starts like uh. dancing and gets all moving. The shoulders start moving. But you know the rules. Five questions. Get them all right. You win fifty dollars, courtesy of the team at TAB. Here we go. Pac-Man. Good morning. Morena. Morena, brother. How you going? First question, mate. I'm going really well. Yourself? Yeah, pretty good, mate. All right, here we go, brother. Who is the most capped silver fern? Oh, wow. Of all time, probably. Irene Van Dyke. No. Sorry, bud. Sorry, bud. Ted, good morning. Morning as well. How are you? Morning, morning, Ted. All right, mate. Who is the most capped silver fern? Um, Laura Legman. Good work, good work. Bing! Question number two, mate. Which three Northland brothers played rugby against the Lions in 1977? Uh, the going. Yep. Can you name them? Oh. Ah, don't worry about it. That's uh, cool. Ken. Lionel. Ken. Ben. Yep. Ken, Sid, and... Oh, just can't think of the other one. Yeah. Sorry, two of them. You got it, mate. You got it, mate. That's pretty good. I'll give you that. I'm on a good mood today. I'm in a really good mood. Number question number three. Lionel Messi will wear which number for his new side? PSG. I think it's City. Yes, mate. You're right up to date. You're right up to date with your your sports news. Okay, question number four. How many wickets did the West Indies defeat Pakistan by yesterday? Oh, the, five. I'll, say, I'll say five. Five. Oh, sorry, mate. Yeah. Good luck next time, Ted. Thank you. Jordan, good morning. Yo, Jordan. Good morning. Hey, brother. Morning. Jeez, you've timed, it. you've timed it right again, Jordan. Here we go. How many wickets did West Indies defeat Pakistan by yesterday? One. Yes, yes, mate. Awesome. Last question to win 50 bucks. TAB voucher. And what sport would you use a pommel horse? Um, polo? Oh, no. no. Oh, I had a him locked question, in there, actually, is mate. too. Nah, that's a tough question. Unlucky, mate. Tim. Tim. All right, mate. And what sport would you use a pommel horse? That would be gymnastics. Gymnastics, Timmy. Congratulations, Timmy. Well done, brother. Appreciate your support with the. Oh, it's it's all about timing this quiz. I've figured out. Stay online, mate. The team will sort you out. Congratulations, Bears. What do you reckon? It's all about timing this quiz, eh? The lads are like, you know, there's a few toughies in there that throw a few lads, and uh, I'm just loving your efficiency, mate. Up again. You just. You're just running such a tight ship. I'm sure you might have been a school teacher somewhere, somehow, in your previous life. You just you have oh, an ability mate, to, be able to just bounce between the guests with respect. 
I was but a teacher's nightmare. That's what I was, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Where's that guy? Oh, he's absent sure. again. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that is brilliant. Oh, mate. So, well, hey, just one thing we didn't even touch on this morning because I got so wrapped up in the cricket. So my, my apologies. I'm a little consumed by test cricket. Just tell us quickly, because we've got to get off to an ad soon, but tell us quickly, did you sort your carpet out? Oh, yes, yes, yes. So the carpet's uh, sorted um, pretty much like you're going into a bouncy castle in my room. So I haven't slept in it for two nights. There's uh, fans and dehumidifiers going everywhere, but it's all dried. It's all dried. My only problem is oh, if there's any people result. out there that... If there's any people out there that deal with carpet, I want to under, I want to know if that carpet's water damaged or, or we should have to replace it because I'm unsure it's dry, but I want to know if the carpet's been affected from, from the water and if I should replace it. So any people out there that deal with carpet, give us a text, double eight double three. I want to know. Thank you. Good call, Is Shout out to help out the carpet. Top work. Uh, right, we better crack on a little bit on the other side of this we've got the birthday boy out of england out of the uk harry simeo is going to walk us through week one of the english premier league and i did notice on twitter just before he's had a little glass of red wine in his hand so we might get some real transparency out of that chat and then later on we've got shane warne the great shane warne and well we know he's we're going to get transparency out of that chat and he'll be into the english top order no doubt and then later, former Warrior and Kiwi, Adam Blair, to talk us through the resurgence that is the Vodafone Warriors. But for now, it is coming up 12 minutes to 7, or 11 minutes to 7, roughly, on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Double eight, double three is the text slumber. Is it natural wool carpet? Is he pretty sure you don't carry umbrellas or wear raincoats? Thanks, Damo. Thank you for your feedback as always. Remember when you text double eight, double three, you could be our text of the month. We we're giving away a temper queen size bed valued at ten thousand dollars for the text of the month. Keep keep your texts coming in throughout the morning. But Manchester United, well, they got off to a flyer in the weekend, as did a lot of the heavy hitters in the Premier League. Is Oh, they sure did, my man. United, 5-1 over Leeds, and there's no one better suited to give us the insights of what's going on in the English Premier League. Well, it's back. And while most of the usual suspects started their campaign with a bang, it wasn't the case for all of them. Our man Harry Simeo's on the line, and it's his birthday too, has a mate. Happy Yay. birthday. How are you, brother? We better sing, Is. We've got to sing. Guys. We gotta say okay. Happy, happy, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday How are you? Oh, yeah, you misery. Yeah, all good, all good. It could have been better from an Arsenal perspective, but really delighted the Premier League's back. Fans are back. It was incredible. Really enjoyable weekend. Friday night's result. Was so Brentford, mate. Brentford uh, getting up two 0 over over the Gunners, mate. What happened there? Tell, tell us what's going on with the with Arsenal at the moment. Well, only week one in, but that's a big upset. Yeah, it is a big upset. It's one of those upsets that, on paper, it looks like a really big upset. But actually, when you think about the fact that Arsenal were pretty average for most of last season, haven't done enough business in the transfer market to really improve the team yet. And you consider that Brentford were playing their first game in the top flight since the 1940s. Mm. Full stadium, 
uh, cracking atmosphere. And Brentford have been a really, really exciting side over the last few years. So I wasn't totally shocked to see Arsenal beat them, but it is one of those results that stands out, doesn't it, as the shock of the weekend because of the history of the team. Just not ready for the start of the season. It's been a big problem for a number of years now, and there always seems to be an excuse you know, players away on international duty, not being able to get business done. And the Arsenal fans have quite frankly had enough. Big game against Chelsea for Arsenal uh, coming up on Sunday at the Emirates Stadium. It's going to be the full house for the first time in, you know, in excess of 18 months. And I can imagine that if Arsenal don't improve dramatically, it's going to be a really toxic atmosphere and it's going to be a difficult afternoon for Mikel Arteta for sure. Well, Harry, I know you're keeping the faith because I saw in your Twitter post before your birthday lunch that you're having a nice glass of red wine, that you still had an Arsenal shirt on even after the weekend. Yeah, I, I have to keep the faith. You know, you can't just turn it off. It's, it's love, isn't it, for your club? It's very difficult to just switch that on and off. But, you know, I am starting to question whether Arsenal are moving <laughs> in the right direction. There are a lot of there are a lot of question marks around the sea, around the squad around the manager now as well and it's becoming it was a funny you know Arsenal could go and beat Chelsea at the weekend and all of a sudden everything looks great again so I'm, I'm reluctant <laughs> to overreact off the back of one result mm-hmm. and mate, tell us as well this it was quite a unique weekend for the English Premier League no draws in the entire first round isn't that just staggering yeah um, uh, you know normally you get in the first few games of the season, everything's a little bit cagey. Teams are uh, still trying to find their feet, still trying to find their rhythm. Uh, you get a lot of new players coming into clubs and them trying to settle down. Uh, and you do see quite a few draws at the start of the season. So interestingly, there were none. But what was also interesting was that the number of away wins reduced dramatically. If you think back to last season where there were no fans in the stadium, home advantage seemed to go out of the window. Teams that you'd normally fancy at home was really struggling because of that lack of a crowd and the atmosphere not helping them get over the line. But this time around, uh, where there were packed stadiums, full crowds, the home teams dominated the weekend again. So uh, it looks like things are back to normal. Just just talking on that home team, mate. Look, let's talk about Jack Grealish and his not-so-happy welcome to Man City. Talk us through the Tottenham Hotspurs, getting one up on the Man City lads. Yeah, it was a really, really good performance. Uh, and it kills me to say that as an Arsenal man, but they look really, really impressive. Nuno Espirito Santo's come in. Uh, a lot of question marks around Tottenham at the moment. Harry Kane's future is uncertain. Don't know whether he's going to end up joining Manchester City before the transfer window closes at the end of the month, but offensively set up in a good uh, shape, but also had the quality and speed to hurt Manchester City on the counter-attack, and they did it time and time again. You know, people will talk about the team that had the most possession, and often that's the case with Manchester City, but I think Tottenham played them perfectly. The game plan was spot on, and Spurs fans can take a lot of encouragement having seen Nuno in action for the first time. Beautiful. Thank you very much for joining us, Harry, and enjoy your birthday, mate. Thanks very much from Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Excellent. Geez, he's a gun. How good is he? We'll have to keep getting him back on. I hope he doesn't have too many this afternoon, though. Drink responsibly. That's our (laughs) motto here at Baz and Izzy for breakfast. It's coming up 7 a.m., and it's time for the news with uh, Trudy and Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. 
Kia and good morning. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. And it is Tuesday, the 17th of August. It's just after 7am. A little McCafe top-up for Izzy and myself to get us underway on a Tuesday. Great little update there from Harry Simeo over in the UK about the English Premier League. And his, he's just got great content, isn't he? He's just such a such an expert on, on the... Premier League, and I thought your questions is as well were just spot on. If you if you don't look out, you're running the risk of becoming an <laughs> EPL correspondent. Such as the level of questioning that you pose to him there is. Oh, a question, mate. You know, bit of EPL football. Nah, nah. I uh, look. I enjoy all, all sport, and yeah, the, the European um, Premier League is probably a, a, a major sport in New Zealand. We've got a lot of. Uh, football fans, so hopefully they get the same enjoyment that I get out of it. I'm a Man U fan 100% through and through, and they had a great win, 5-1 over Leeds United, so it's a good start, but I actually saw a video, Bears. I don't know if you saw it, there was a video of um, the Man United fans afterwards, mate, they are the hooligans just running down the street, destroying everything that's in their way, mate. They are a different breed over there, aren't they? Oh, mate, it's off the wall. It's ridiculous how mm. they carry on. Hey, I don't quite understand it. Like, I'm pretty, I'm quite a placid person, you know. I like to sort of mm. look at success and failure with the same kind of emotion, you know. But far out, English yeah. football fans are just off the charts, mate. The Barmy Army aren't like that, are they? Nah, they're more lovers rather than fighters. They sort of get up and about and just sort of seem to be enjoy the enjoy the atmosphere of it all, and they kind of support, well, they even support the opposition, to be honest, with Army Army. For them, it's more about the the fun of it all, you know? Like, they, they go there, there's a big group of them, they can sing and they can dance, and they play their trumpets, have a few beers, get red raw from the sun, which seems to be their way everywhere they go around the world. But they, they seem to just enjoy the event. So I don't know what it is about English Premier League football fans, but you, the term hooligans is, hooligans is, <laughs> Probably not far away, mate. <laughs> Have you seen the video? Yeah. Have you seen that video, Grease Street Hooligans? Nah, nah, I haven't. You'll have you to go watch, send it to me. Watch, watch that movie, mate. It's an absolute cracker. It just pretty much explains their mindset and what they're all about. I think it's about I think it's about the team Millwall uh, and those kind of guys, mate. They are unbelievable. I just, yeah, can't believe it. But anyway, that aside, great to have English Premier League back and uh, great to see Man United get up one. 5-1. How good. <laughs> five one. That's a heavy start to the Premier League as well, mate. Five goals in the first in the first round. That was an interesting point that Harry mentioned as well, bro, about um about how the away uh, results last year, away wins last year, were more because of it being um, COVID, so there was no crowds. Whereas this year, the the away mm-hmm. wins have instantly gone down in round one. So that's a trend to look out for, isn't it? Especially if we're going to have a little a little dollar each or a dollar on the snout. Ah, one hundred percent, mate. And that's the, that's the challenges that this COVID uh, kind of brings into this into this world. Then, I look at the we'll touch on it a bit later, but I look at the All Blacks and they're going to have to travel now. Like as a cricketer, you travel three months, so you, you're probably used to it. But I know a lot of these players were travelling away to to stadiums or, or countries for three months. Like the All Blacks potentially on Sunday will, will be away for fifteen weeks, mate. Can you tell me, mm. tell us how, how you got through that, like the, 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 the travel logistics and the toughness of, of having to travel around the world for very long periods of time? 
It's a good question, actually, is because it is foreign to rugby teams, I guess, but it's not foreign to cricket teams, and um, mm. it's just part of kind of the fabric that is being an international cricketer is just your time away from home. Um, first and foremost, you need a really understanding wife and and family, um, yeah. and and independent too, because they need to be able to operate without you there. So you're you're still on. Obviously, in this day and age, you're able to pick up the phone and do FaceTime and Zoom and all that sort of stuff, and you can you can chat to them face to face on on the phones and computers. But you know, you aren't there. They've got to find a way to operate without without the the the, the father or the the husband in the house and around the scene. So that's a really important part of it. And, um, you know, especially if you come in as a young kid and, and you meet you know, your partner quite early, then the demands on them is going to be really extreme. So you need to, you need to ensure that that's um, in place first and foremost. And, and then it's also the ability to be able to keep your focus on your job or your sport while you're away from home when there's so many distractions going on by being away. That's the key is being mm. able to put down your personal bag and pick up your, your cricketing bag when the time comes um, and, and still be able to stay in the moment and try and give yourself a good opportunity to perform even with all of those pressures and, and, um, and external uh, situations going on. So that, that's sort of how we operate. One of the other things which is really interesting is, is that you rugby boys, you share rooms, whereas cricketers, mm. they don't share rooms. They all have their own yeah. individual rooms, and and I think that kind of helps to give them their separation and their time, um, just to be able to calm yourself a lot of the time and and just live in your own world, um, and then you can always yeah. go and see your your teammates, you know, whether it's at the bar or or go out for a, a glass of wine or dinner or whatever. So that's quite an interesting thing having to share a room with someone for three fifteen weeks. Mate, I'm not sure how good. Yeah, and and when you're going away for fifth or you know for three months. Like, and you've got to try and stay motivated, try and stay stimulated. So what what, what were the things that you used to do when you were on these big tours? Because three months, man, that's a long, long time. Yeah. Yeah, well, one thing I used to do, mate, is so listen, I would, um, we wouldn't have long conversations on the phone, but we'd probably, we'd touch base four or five times a day, you know, just see how the kids are going, see if, see how everyone is, and just try and keep it as regular contact as possible mm. without having to go through your daily Oh, how was your day today? You know, because because that all sort of changes, and so that was one thing we tried to do. And I used to try and play a fair amount of golf as well, and, and um, didn't mind having a couple of beers and a nice feed along the road. But we can get back to this chat at some point anyway. Is but for now, one man yep. who has spent a long time on the road and has continued to spend more time on the road, and he's over in the UK right now, and he likes a lot. A lot of the same things that we do, mate, in terms of golf and, and a punt and obviously cricket and all other sports as well. is an absolute legend of the game, a champion bloke, and we are so privileged on Baz and Izzy for breakfast to welcome Shane Warne to the show. Good morning, King. G'day, guys. How are we? We're good, mate. We're good. We're pretty excited to have you on, to be honest, King. Crikey. Such <laughs> calibre of guest as yourself and... We know you'll be up and about as well after the English tactics of today. Yeah, oh, <laughs> that was fantastic to see. Well, long live Test cricket, I think. Amen to that. Um, I thought it was a fantastic Test match and a great advert for Test cricket. Um, to watch what the England team went away 
this morning turning up to the game thinking, oh, well, a couple of early knockover pant will win this, chase down 180 or something. And now they're standing there scratching their head said, what went wrong? And what went wrong was horrific <laughs> tactics with um, you know, five, six, seven fielders on the fence. Bowler sat at the top of the bar looking around saying, how am I going to get some of these guys out? Got a bit too emotional, too much short stuff. And in the end, the best team won, and that was India. Yeah, that's, that's fascinating that you say that uh, they got a bit emotional and started bowling too much short stuff. They almost took their eye off the price, didn't they? And, and the experience of that bowling lineup, you'd think would be better than that, led by Jimmy Anderson. But Joe Root, to me, he's, Warner, he's such a gun gun player, but he just has this tendency to step back, doesn't he, when, when the pressure sort of comes on and, and he really should step forward. Is that fair? Yeah, look, I think you know, he's... He's probably in the best form of his life. He's had probably, you know, three or four years ago, he was in the conversation as one of the top few batters in the world. And in the last three years, you know, Kane Williamson, Virat Kohli, Steve Smith, they're the big three. And then just that next run down, you've got the, which is no disrespect, but the Ross Taylors and Joe Roots and all those guys in the next run down. And I think that sort of hurt Joe that he wasn't mentioned in the top three players. And, um, I think the way he started this, he's definitely back in that conversation, but uh, probably needs to do it a bit longer. Captaincy, tactically-wise, I think that's where most people sort of, if they want to uh, have a go at Joe or analyse Joe, it's more about his captaincy and his tactics. That's been... You know, you think back to New Zealand, the first Test match at Lords, like, I thought Kane Williams and the New Zealand team were brilliant and just said to you guys, OK, chase 270 and 75, let's see what you got. And they didn't even have a go at it. So for me, just the way England have, England have to decide what they stand for. How do they want to play the game? And under Joe's leadership, it's all a bit too conservative for my liking. I think that's just in their batting order and the way they pick their team. I think they've got to start being a bit more aggressive. If you look at the top openers in world cricket over the last 10 years or so, probably the most successful would be David Warner and Verinda Sivag over the last 10 years, I'd say, unless you want to throw someone else out there. And they were aggressive opening, weren't they? So I think they've got to look at their style of play and the way they want to play the game, England. Warnie, where did England go now? You spoke about, um, you know, Gilchrist, uh, uh, Seawag, guys like who do they have that can come in that can bring this aggressive and actually change the the mindset that that England have at the moment? Well, I was very surprised they got rid of Zach Crawley. I I think, yeah, look, he hasn't got the runs that he probably would like. But the one question you've got to ask yourself is, can this guy play? Yes, he can. He got 200 against the Pakistan side at uh, Southampton when it was nipping all over the place against quality attack. So he's had played in Sri Lanka and India where there were absolute minefields in uh, India and no one from either side got any runs um, after that first test match. And then here against New Zealand, played a couple of shots and good bowling against New Zealand. But to leave him out and play Sibley and Burns with their techniques at the top of the order... I, I just don't see, I don't see how you could drop Zach Crawley and leave Sibley and Burns in. I just don't see that. So, for me, Zach Crawley should be opening the batting for England. He puts pressure on the bowler. He's got some shots. But what I don't think anyone has actually looked at with England is whoever is playing against England, their bowlers get in form, they get their rhythm up, and they're on top of the batting side because the Sibley and Burns don't look to score. They just look to survive. So there's no pressure on the bowler. So whoever comes in next, the bowlers have their tail up, and it's really hard for those batsmen in coming after those openers. So no one's really spoken about that. Um, as a bowler, if you know if someone... If you bowl into you, Baz, you know you can smack you out the park. Where if you bowl into Sibley, he's not going to score. So I've got my rhythm up. So 
I think mm. they've got to look at that too. Or die trying, I think, is is probably what most people would say. <laughs> if, exactly. you if you don't get out of the bar, no, nah, well, that's right. You die in the hole or you die trying to, to, to be aggressive, right? And that's that's sort of what, yep. you know, you look at, you mentioned Richard Pan at the top of, of the chat, and that's why he's such a must-watch player, isn't he, Warner? He's just, he, he could take a yep. game away from you in, the, in a heartbeat. Yeah, he can. And we, you know, and in your side, when you look down your 11 players, when you walk out the field, you say, right, who's my match winners? How many match winners in there? If they have a good game, they can turn it on their head. And I look down at England's side there, they've only got a couple. If you look down at India's side, they've got half a dozen match winners there, Rishabh Pant being one of them. He can take the game. He bats for a session. He can take the game away from you. I thought his maturity came in Australia when Australia, you know, when you look back to that series, bowled India out for 36 Went 1 0 up. Virat Kohli goes home. There's injuries. It's India's third 11 against Australia. <laughs> and they, Australia should have bowled them out in Sydney. They didn't. They hung on. And then they won in Brisbane, where Australia hasn't lost for 35 years through Australia's horrific, horrible tactics. Um, <laughs> you know, they were just terrible, Australia. But India played well. So I thought when Pant got that 100 in that last test match at the Gab, I thought that was a turning point for Rishabh Pant. He's probably my favourite player. I love him. Yeah, same. He's up there with me as well. Hey, um, Warney, let's have a bit of fun as well. I spoke to Morgs last night, who you're coaching the London Spirit over there. You've had COVID. You've played bugger all golf, which is upsetting for you. Um, and your team is just chasing a little bit of luck. But he, the skipper was in good form, and he was saying that, um, that he's absolutely loving working with you as well. You must be enjoying the competition and just being back in the UK and, and being in the head coaching role. Yeah, look, it's something... Look, I've been obviously in TV for a long time since I finished playing. Uh, I've had the odd role here as a mentor in the IPL, which has been pretty good, and I've enjoyed working with the modern-day players and trying to pass on some of my knowledge. Uh, having the opportunity, I put my toe in the water to be head coach here. One, you know, at Lords, uh, the new competition was very exciting, and the ice cream, you know, the cherry on top was to work with the best white ball captain in world cricket and Owen Morgan. So working with him's been fantastic. We've been... Look, we haven't quite been good enough and our big players haven't played well enough in this 100 comp. But having said that, five of our seven games have got down to the last couple of balls. So, you know, we just haven't sort of had the rub of the green or just been good enough or had that class to get over the line. Um, so that's been disappointing. Um, but we've seen some emergence of some young players. I think the competition's fantastic. And I hope that the ICC are looking at it and maybe incorporate some of the rules in the 100 into maybe some of the T20 comps around the world, whether it be the IPL, whether it be the Big Bash. One being um, the time. I think the T20 games have just got way too long. Um, so the time, the restrictions, the penalties about having a fielder. If you don't bowl your overs on time or your balls on time, the 96 ball, then you have to have one fielder extra inside the circle. So that's a good penalty. Um, and I think when the new batsman comes in, he's always on strike. I think that's an excellent rule as well. So there's been a few other ones that have been pretty good, but the 100 competition has been very well received. And I thoroughly enjoyed being part of the modern day players, listening to the way they think about the game and sitting around chatting over a glass. And um, unfortunately not playing enough golf because I got COVID. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. How was... Mate, talk us through that bloody little bit of scare, COVID. Are you, are you right now? You, you out of it? Well, don't take this as any sort of... Um, gospel, and this is actually a bit tongue-in-cheek, so before I get crucified for saying this, all I'm saying is I thought if I smoke 100 cigarettes a day, I could kill COVID. 
but it didn't really work. <laughs> I ended up on a ventilator, so it wasn't um, <laughs> it wasn't ideal. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> if anyone could, it would be you, King. <laughs> so yeah, it didn't quite work out too well, so I had to have the ten day isolation. But luckily, I'm up and uh, up and about now. Definitely oh. tongue in cheek as well, hey mate. It's cold. So, so mate, how's about this? So, so we have all played the New Zealand Open, right? So, Izzy, myself, yep. and the star pair of you, and and Ricky Ponning and Flemo. So we saw Hardy the other day, John Hart. We saw him in Auckland, and Izzy and I said, "Oh, looking forward to the New Zealand Open this year." And he said, "I'm not sure if you're going to get the invite yet." So, <laughs> so we're waiting. We're hoping. We're hoping that. That you, Warney, as a star power, might be able to just put in a good word for us, if that's possible, mate. Well, Baz, if you're not playing, I'm not playing, mate. I haven't got an invitation either, so maybe we could both try and uh, brown nose up the right people and try and get an invite. <laughs> well, if they're not inviting Warney, then the tournament's going to fail. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, it's oh, great fun. Mate, you're the champion. It's um, it's a wonderful tournament to play in. And any, oh look, I don't think there's any other sport in the world where you can play with some of these pros and um, watch the way they play. Like I play in the Dunhill up here in Scotland as well, and you're playing with Ryan Fox, who's um, become a great mate over the last five or so years. We've been playing together up at the Dunhill, and just to watch these guys play in competition, playing for five million euro, and we're next to them hacking it up the fairway. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> there's no. There's no other sport in the th- in the world where you can actually watch these or compete with these guys in proper competition. You couldn't say, "Look, come out to the MCG and uh, come and come and face uh, Shell Bakhtar, just just rolling his arm over at 95 mile an hour <laughs> and just have a hit, will you? You know, like you just in front of 90,000, you just can't do it. So to have that privilege and that, I'm very grateful for the New Zealand Open, um, the, the Dunhill Links to have those invitations and play some golf and hack it around. It's good fun. So right, and we've had some good times over the years as well down there in Queenstown. Let's hope those continue. Hardy, hey, um, mate, just uh, fast forward a little bit, and obviously your country's going through a bit of difficulties around COVID, and, and mm-hmm. the cases are starting mm-hmm. to creep up as well. But there is on the calendar the big series later on this year. Well, this one's a big one over there now, but another one later, the Ashes. How how do you think the Ashes are gonna are gonna unfold? Yeah, look, look with the COVID on a serious note, look, it's it's been horrible um, how it's affected so many people, um, businesses, mental health of people at the moment is going through the roof as well. Um, so it is a serious issue. I, I just think watching over here in England, um, they're, they're having around fifty odd thousand cases a day, but they're learning to live with it. Mm. Everyone who's got on board with the vaccinations are getting double jabbed, and they're just learning to live with it. I, I don't think it's realistic to think you could have a country that can be COVID-free. Because I think you do have to... I mean, New Zealand's the same as Australia. I think, you know, tourism is so important. and We're not letting anyone in the country. So businesses there, these continual lockdowns... England haven't had lockdown, but they're getting 50,000 cases a day because they're refusing. They said, you know what, we're going to learn to live with it. And I look at Australia and New Zealand, I think, well, I think it's, unreal, as I said, unrealistic to be COVID, completely COVID-free. My advice by watching it over here... Everyone get double jabs so you can travel. We can open up tourism and get people back into our countries because that's so important to us. Um, but, yeah, you know, and if we keep continue down this road with these 14 days, 28 days quarantine for some of the Olympic athletes who just came back to South Australia, 28 days. I mean, that's, that's inhumane. 
You, you just don't yeah, need right. that. It's just ridiculous. So, uh, look, if that affect, it's going to affect the Ashes. I mean, I'm not sure. There's a lot of talk about a lot of the players can't, won't come because of the 14-day quarantine. And I understand you've got to respect the rules of the country, but is it right? I, I don't know if it's right. Um, so, look, it'll be interesting to see. Look, the Ashes is the oldest trophy in world cricket, um, and it's something pretty special. So I hope that it can go ahead with both teams being full strength in front of crowds. So we, you know, we watched sporting events over the last two years when we've watched them with no crowds and we've watched it with crowds. And in this COVID, you know, this pandemic that we're seeing, any sort of joy we can bring to people, it, it, it's got to try and go ahead. So, you know, let's hope that the sport is one of the biggest things in the world right now and one of the most important things for mental health issues and to put a smile on people's faces. So let's hope the Ashes can go ahead later in the year. Oh, you're an absolute champion. Morning, mate. We've got a text here. I'll just read this one out. Fabulous interview, boys. The best cricketer I've seen in my lifetime to date. The sport's in a good place right now. Couldn't have said it any better, mate. We really, really appreciate you taking the time to chat to us here on Baz and Izzy Breakfast. And I'm looking forward to catching up with you over it. Um, at, uh, in Australia for the Ashes, mate. It's going to be really cool. I'm coming over to, to cover I'll see you in Queenstown, so bud. Buying your beer. Yeah, no, look forward to it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Great to chat and look forward to seeing you soon, Baz. Right, take care. Thanks, Warnie. Oh, is he? Hey, He's man. That, We're that lucky, was unbelievable. Eh? He is an absolute chat. Look, look, let's be honest, mate. I'm sitting here and I'm I'm muted. I've gone mute because I'm like just in <laughs> awe of the band. I'm like so nervous because I don't know what to say. You know, I don't want to ruin the interview by saying something absolutely dumb. So I'm just sitting to you. You go, Bears. You go, Bears. I'm, I don't know what to say. Ah, <laughs> oh, he is the king. Shane Warne. How lucky are we oh. here on Bears and Izzy for breakfast? That was one we'll remember for a long time as well. We hope you do too. You're listening to Bears and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ, and that was Shane Warne. Let us know what you thought of Warney. One tweet, one message here. Well, we, it's going to be a great day after starting off with Warnie. We couldn't agree anymore. Double eight, double three. Let us know or give us a call. Kennard's Hire phone line 0800 150811. It's time for the news with Trudy because it's 7.30. And we're big thanks to Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Trudy. 28 minutes away from 8 o'clock on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. And we've got it flying this morning. Just a couple of quick news stories before we get back to the boys talking some Test cricket and what a morning it has been for Test cricket. Andrew Fafita. Now, this is a, well, a little bit bizarre and really kind of scary. So the Cronulla Sharks forward Andrew Fafita has been placed in an induced coma after a serious, serious throat injury that suffered during his team's loss to Newcastle on Sunday. I read this morning that he's in a critical but stable condition, which is good. So what's transpired here is he's taken a shot to the throat and the larynx has swollen up. And after the the footy game on Sunday evening, he was feeling a little bit, he couldn't, was struggling to swallow and his his throat was a bit uh, hoarse, as they say. So we went outside, the medics took a look at him and and they realised that He's really not well. So they, they took him to the hospital and, yeah, they put him into an induced coma to kind of stop the swelling and just to look after him. I don't think his life was ever in risk, well, as far as I can tell. But it's a bizarre injury that would have been extremely scary. They got his wife to his side ASAP 
It sounds like he is doing better this morning, though, in a stable but critical condition. And Barcelona president Juan Laporta reveals the club stands, and maybe this is why they got rid of Lionel Messi, boys. The club stands at $1.15 billion in debt. That is more than any racehorse I think has ever cost you, Baz. It is a lot of debt to be accruing for Barcelona. Our salaries represent 103% of the club's total income. How do you work that out? That's 20 to 25% more than our competitors. Yeah, well, somebody's done some dodgy accounting at some stage down the track. Those are your sports headlines. And Shane Warne. What an absolute icon, the king of spin. I'm gutted we didn't get to ask him about Mark Richardson catching him out on 99, although it probably wouldn't have gone down well for the Bears and Izzy for breakfast show. You could have jumped in, though, if you wanted. Too scared. Louis and asked him that. He would have... Way too scared. <laughs> he was already given us a fair amount of gold anyway, I thought. like, You know, sometimes when you're chatting to people and they make some interesting points and you want to you wanna probe a little bit more, but with Warney, he just makes so many different interesting points that it's hard to mm. like just keep probing if that makes sense. So I, I thought his mindset uh, or his comment around the big three in particular, Kane, Williamson, Virat, Coley, Steve Smith, that is a big statement for one of the game's greatest to make is that those three are the best three players in the game. And then there's an, another tier of the Joe Roots, the Ross Taylors and that under it. So I found that fascinating. And the other thing I found fascinating is was his chat around the batting mentality. And you picked up on that as well, didn't you? Yeah, I picked up on that, just uh, the, the mindset that Joe... And, and he said something about when uh, when New Zealand dangled the carrot and left them 200 to win a, a, in a test match. And they went out there with the most offensive mindset ever. And he started questioning Joe Root's uh, captaincy. Is he the right man going forward? Does he set the standards with... Obviously, he's a great batter, but does he go in there and put the pressure on his players to go out there and with attacking mindset? Is it his decision or was it the coach's decisions? Bears, I want to ask you this: When what what what's your mentality? With your you're an aggressive player, we all know that you love you love chasing anything, you loved creating a bit of history. So, what do you think Joe Root needs to do going forward? Does he have to change the way he goes about things? Does he have to hand down the captaincy maybe to someone else? What do you think? Um, yeah, it's a good question, actually. Is, um, does he have to hand down the captaincy? I don't think so, because I don't think there's anyone better, to be honest. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, to me, you don't... Just because you're the best player doesn't mean you're the right man for the job from a captaincy point of view. I think that's that's an important um, thing uh, point to make. But I think he is the right man for the job, but he needs... When the pressure comes on, he needs to be able to find a way to go towards the danger tactically rather than run away from yep. it. And I think I think that's where he, he needs his lieutenants around him. And we spoke about, um, when we spoke with Aaron Smith yesterday, we talked about the leadership style of Sam Whitelock. And he said how he empowers the Richie Mwangas on attack and, and um, Aaron Smith's on defence to make decisions. And then he then has the overriding say. Well, to me, I just feel like at the moment, Joe Root is kind of flying solo. He's got experienced players in... Joss Butler and Jimmy Anderson in there. But maybe they're not... I think Joss Butler is struggling with his own game, so therefore his, his leadership won't be as strong as it should be. And Jimmy Anderson, well, I think he got emotional in that game and he got too invested in the byplays rather than focusing on the actual team and what his... As a leader, what the rest of the group needed from him. So I think 
from that point of view, um, Joe Root needs to build some leaders around him who, when the pressure is on, are going to push him as the captain towards the danger and to make more yep. confident and aggressive decisions, as we've seen with Kane Williamson. And yep. Shaman brought up that point. They declared and dangled the carrot. They were prepared to lose to win. And that's what Joe Root needs mm. to develop. If you do that, then yep. I think everything then flows on from there. Does that make sense, Sis? Yeah, no, it does make sense, mate. And you've just, uh, you know, hit a little trigger with me as well when I think back to the great teams that I played with, you know, uh, uh, through the 2015 uh, you know, to, to 12 uh, era when you got guys like Mialamu, uh, the Reeds, the Nonus. You've got absolute leaders in all different parts of, of, of the team. You know, you've got guys in the front row that can look after that core role. Then you've got guys in the backs that can look after those core roles. So you're not relying on that one person, which is the Richard mm. McCaws. You've got voices, you've got experience, you've got people everywhere, and, and it does absolute wonders for a team when you've got people like that. Because what I feel at the moment is, is <clears throat> if I'm going back, keep going back to the All Blacks and, and the experience here, they've got Sam Whitelock in there, who's played 127 tests, and then you've got Aaron Smith, who's played 101 tests. But then I think there's a big gap from those 100 tests to probably about 60 tests. So you're missing that, that kind of middle role, uh, middle core role, that yep. kind of connects the younger players to the to the to the senior players and I think they're still fine. The only way you can build on that is is getting time in the saddle and giving these players opportunities to build their experience. I just feel like when I was playing I was in such a privileged position because I had experience. I had players that have done it all that have played one test, that have played fifty tests, there was about ten players that played fifty tests and then there was about ten players that have played a hundred tests. So what that did to the to the team and as a young player, because as a young player, you feel like you feel it's 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 hard to go chat to the to the hundred test players. So there's that big separation. There's a big gap. So it was probably a lot more comfortable for me to go connect with the the guys that have played forty to fifty tests. And so there wasn't that big separation because then the guys that play forty and fifty tests would go chat to the hundred test guys and kind of. That's how that created that thing. If you know what I mean, I'm kind of rambling on, but uh, like there was no, no, I completely know what you mean. The whole squad. Yeah, I completely know what you mean, and that's that was what Aaron Smith was alluding to yesterday, and and maybe we just pick mm. back up on this shortly, and we we dive a little deeper into this because I think it's fascinating. You've got the inside um, scoop on it because you have been involved in the All Blacks for so much, and you played under various leadership structures as well. I think a layer of leadership is so important, and Aaron Smith made mention to it yesterday. So we'll catch up on that soon. But yep. now it's 20 to 8 in the morning on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Quarter to 8 on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Double eight, double three is the text line. Anytime you text, you could win our temper bed for text of the month. So keep those texts coming in. Baz, you were talking, and you, Izzy, actually about Aaron Smith yesterday and the way he described the All Blacks' leadership structure. Let's hear from Az, and you boys can pick it up on the other side. I think um, as game drivers and that, you sort of always have a bigger voice. Uh, I'm in the defence group, so I take care of any defensive pitches and stuff or work-ons during the game. And then Richie runs the attack. And Sam, yeah, like we just sort of, we all work as a little unit. We kind of come in and have a chat. Um, there's not much experience out in the back, so it's sort of me, Richie, Brody, and um, Richie and Sam have a little chat about if there's a decision to be made. Um, I remember looking at Damo, and he's like, no, I can take a shot here. And then I just sort of said to Richie and Sam, oh, well, 
that could be a minute and a half and, and um, Artie's back on and Sam's like, sweet, yeah, let's do it. And, you know, his, I think the thing with Sam, though, that's, is he just sort of lets us, he just listens to me and Richie talking about what we think the situation needs and then he might guide us to one he, he likes more. So that's sort of how yeah. it works. And, um, you know, but you've got a lot of, you've got a lot of experience. Cody's a captain at super level. So we kind of, we try not to all have an opinion, but if there's, if there's one that's sort of like a little committee meeting in a huddle, we'll, they won't be scared to say something, but we know Sam makes the final decision. And I'm quite lucky too, because my relationship with Sam goes a long time. So he always asks me or looks at me about what I think about what he said. And then uh, we go from there kind of thing, you know, so he is the boss, but um, when he gives me the look like you agree, I'm like, yo bro, pull trigger. Fascinating insight. And, very topical for our conversation today as well around leadership and Shane Warne alluded to it about where they he thinks uh, well international cricket really is is going and and um, why the best teams stand out and why those who are just below that are just grappling with it and is around the tactics and being brave enough to implement something and that comes down to leadership and Izzy you were talking about your time in the All Blacks environment and how various people within the environment would be able to reach the the rest of the group. And I think that's a fascinating thing. If you listen to the words that that Aaron Smith was saying there, he talked about the leader that is Sam Wylow. He said, listen, he listens to us and he guides mm. us. And then he makes the final decision. Now that's, that to me is, is a good working environment at a leadership level where the messages then become very, um, uh, they they then are able to get the messages out to the wider group, and that's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I think um, the biggest thing I got from that is, um, I guess you're probably the same. Like everyone expects the camp captain to have all the answers and to see everything and to make all these mm. decisions, but what I got from that is everyone has a has 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 a has a voice, and everyone sees things differently. And you need all these young, especially the younger kids that come in, the younger players. They are so excited. They, uh, they bring a lot of energy to the environment and you want them to come in and be able to speak up and because they see things in a different light. And I guess that's what uh, Aaron Smith was talking about there. Like you've got Damo saying he can see this. You've got Aaron Smith mm. talking about this. You've got Richie Mwanga, who's a leader, and they're all seeing things differently. And then what Sam does as, as the leader, he takes it, like you said, he listens. He listens to what's been said. He listens. It takes it all on board. And then he makes that final decision. And, and, and you've got to be a special a special kind of person to be able to, uh, you know, take all that information and transition it into about 30 seconds and you've got to make those right decisions right then on the, on the spot. Mm. So, um, mate, that was very uh, great insight to, to what Aaron and, and the leaders and this guy like Sam Whitelock. I've been captained by Sam Whitelock, mate. He is an unbelievable player. We know that. He's played 130 tests for the All Blacks. But what is his best trait? As he is so calm, mate. He never gets caught up in the moment. He never gets uh, taken off his game. He's got a, a a knack just to, you know, things just don't tend to bother him. You know, he, people will try and rattle him on the field, but he'll just laugh and smile and walk off. So his ability to deal with uh, with with chat and rubbish on the field and, and just put it to the side is, is that's his biggest trait. So, um, mate, great little insight. What did you get? What was the biggest thing you got from that, Bez? Um, well, I think the from from Aaron Smith, I, I think that structure that you're talking about, you also made the the point that um, 
various people in the environment listen to other people. So you, your, la- your layer of mm. leadership needs to incorporate um, people who can reach everyone in the environment. So you don't just want your most experienced players in the team to be your leaders. You want those who exhibit leadership behaviours um, regardless of their age or experience because they are then able to reach the younger guys within the group or the, or the, the maybe the quieter guys within the group. And uh, Look, we're going to get to an air break in a sec, but the... Just to finish off on, on this point as well, I, I'm a big fan of challenging privately but supporting publicly when it comes to a leadership structure. Um, and yeah. John Key, I know he used to run that when he was running the country with his cabinet. He used to ask, solicit all the opinions and advice from those cabinet ministers that he had. But when they left that room, regardless of whether you agree with it or not, when you left that room, you supported what the what the group message was. And I'm a big believer in, in that, that as well. You you provide an environment where people can challenge you privately, but when you go out on the mm. field, whether you go out into the business world or whatever it is, you go out as one, as a united front, and you or you all agree. Whether you agree, you disagreed with it initially, you find a way to disagree and commit. And I think that's that's yep. if you can get that right, then you've got your leadership structure right. Um, anyway. I'm starting to get a little deep for our show. It's crikey, dicks. It's, it's lighting up a <laughs> no, little bit. it's great. Things we do. It's great. <laughs> uh, right, it is coming up to eight minutes to eight in the morning. So this is what a Tuesday does, eh? If it was Friday, imagine that. And we're the Friday tip of how deep we'd get. Anyway, this is Baz Nizzy for breakfast on SENZ. Give us a text on double eight double three, or give us a call 0800 Let us know your thoughts. Baz Nizzy for breakfast, SENZ. If you're looking for the world's best white paint recipe, make sure you're listening to SENZ Drive with myself and Beaver every weekday, 4 till 7pm only on SENZ. Since opening our doors, Chemist Warehouse has offered free prescriptions to all eligible patients. In just four years, those prescriptions have added up to an incredible $20 million in savings, making healthcare more affordable for all Kiwis. So we'll open early, close late and have pharmacists available for advice as we open in more communities right across New Zealand. Chemist Warehouse, free prescriptions every day. No $5 prescription charge. Other charges relating to partially funded or unfunded medicine prescriptions may apply. Chemist Warehouse, Auckland. The TAB, they're about much, much more than just what's on the track. They're on your local sports fields. They're on the courts. They're in the pools, the pitches, and local clubs and the local sausage sizzle. The TAB are contributing nearly $20 million across New Zealand sports over the next year. $20 million. Helping millions of Kiwis enjoy their sport and even some hot chips on the sideline. The TAB are giving back to New Zealand sport. Is like I've said before, mate, good morning to start with. As an Izzy. Nah, just joking, mate. Good morning start with temper. And you could be having a lot of good mornings by sending us a text on double eight double three. Each week in August, we'll pick our text of the week, which will win an amazing temper pillow worth two hundred ninety nine bucks. Two hundred ninety nine, how good! And at the end of August, we'll pick the text of the month, which will win. Get this, Baz, a temper queen bed prize valued at ten grand. Ten big ones, pretty good, writers. So flick us your text on double eight double three. At Kennard's Hire, we only hire those who've taken the can oath. By taking, each team member goes above and beyond to help any citizen in need. The can oath is a commitment that means more than the sanctity of marriage. It means you'll never miss smoker, 
or beer o'clock. So, if you want someone who can tackle whatever, whenever, wherever, talk to someone who's taken the can oath. Reputations aren't built overnight and they're not built on the starting line, but with consistent performance and eyes on something bigger. That's why Gates sponsor Kelly Grove Racing. With Gates Premium Belts powering their supercars and Andre Heimgartner behind the wheel, it's a pole position commitment to excellence. Improve car, equipment or machinery performance with Gates Premium Belts, hoses and hydraulics. Available at local automotive stores including Napa Auto Parts, Ripco and Super Cheap Auto. GatesAustralia.com.au Driven by possibility. At SCNZ, there's a new team in town and we want you to be part of it. Want to be on air or help out behind the scenes? Organising guests and pushing the buttons to keep us on air. If you're keen, send us an email. Contact at scnz.nz It's okay to have a tipple with Brecky right? It is if it's Friday and with Baz and Izzy on SENZ. Tune in Fridays and enjoy a Friday tipple thanks to headquarters as Baz and Izzy finish off their week in the best way possible. Talking about wine. And maybe tasting some too. You can enjoy your Friday tipple at headquarters on Auckland's Viaduct. Book now at hqviaduct.co.nz and get your weekend started. The Friday tipple with Baz and Izzy. Brought to you by headquarters and SENZ. You know what your batch can do. Your beautiful escape lets you unwind, recharge and connect with family and friends. Well, if you've been wondering how to give more to charity, Time Out could be it. Time Out connects generous holiday homeowners with terminally ill patients, giving them the opportunity to escape for a few days and make precious memories. And it gives you a chance to see the real difference your donation can make. If you can help, please visit timeoutnz.org. SCNZ Drive. On the SCNZ Drive show, we were lucky enough to talk to my old teammate, Conrad Smith. It, as good as it was in 2011, either <laughs> I knew to kick it and never can go and only scoring one try to that. Are you trying to say that 2011 wasn't easy on the eye for uh, the, the fans? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a glorious occasion. <laughs> in a lot of ways. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with McDelivery. Kirsty Beeve and Ricky driving you home weekdays from four on SENZ. Kiwi sports fans have been hanging out for this for over a year. There's a new team in town, SENZ. It's Kiwi for sport. Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. 0800 150 is the Kennard's Hire phone line. It's three minutes away from eight on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Having an awesome morning so far. I just Googled what noise does a Bifrost make, Baz, but um, apparently Bifrost isn't an animal, so I can't play you a noise here. Well, I'll tell you what it will make if Bifrost gets up this afternoon and it will go ching, 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 ching. <laughs> That's what it will make, Izzy, because uh, it will have... Your money, it'll have my money, it'll have Louis' money, and hopefully it'll have most of SENZ followers' money. And we take a little raid. What it won't have is Paul Mwadi on the show tomorrow if Bifrost gets up. But we've got this text which says, Morgan, how much does Baz have on the David and Emma, Emily Brown train Bifrost in race three at Packenham today? It's race two, isn't it? Anyway, $8 into $4. He must have had a fair crack. Thanks, Morgan. Morgan, I always gamble responsibly. I gamble within my means, and as they say, never put the golden goose at risk, but feel free to have a crack with the eggs. So I've had a little dip, 
but uh, certainly not not as much as maybe what my old mate is has got on it. Have you had a decent dip? Ha- I had a wee dabble, had a wee little dabble, mate, and uh, just gave it a little uh, little tipple. We gamble responsibly in the Dag household, and uh, you know I just have a wee little nudge on the nose, and I'm I'm looking forward to this race. Actually, what time's the race, Baz? Because uh, I've had a bit. Oh, I don't know what cool. time it is. It Actually, is cool. 3.30. 3.30. 3.30. That's set my alarm, mate. Pretty sure I know where I'll be around 3.30 is. <laughs> <laughs> where you are every day, mate. Uh, consistency. Routine and consistency. They, You have that, then you can be instinctive with a bit of flair, they reckon, anyway. <laughs> Uh, we've had a good morning so far on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. It's been a different type of morning for us, probably a little more serious than we have been previously, but sometimes you've got to add a little bit of shade to your colours. So we've enjoyed ourselves. We had Shane Warner, he was outstanding. We had Harry Simeo, and we still have Adam Blair to come, so looking forward to that. But for us, it is time for him at cafe, and here is Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Kia ora and good morning. It is just after 8am on this Tuesday, the 17th of August, and you're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. And we're into our last hour on the show. We've had a couple of great hours. Harry Simeo, who gave us all the rap from the English Premier League week one and just dived into how poor Arsenal have been, and that hurt him because he's an Arsenal man through and through. And then he chatted about Izzy's Man United side who are 5-1 up in their first game. Well, they went 5-1 up in their first game and now sit at the top of the table after week one. And what about my Spurs getting up over Man City? How good was that? Then we had Shane Warne, the great Shane Warne. And, well, he had us both mesmerised with his chat around, um, well, mainly tactics around cricket and and playing aggressively, and, and he made mention of the big three in the world game, which is Kane Williamson, Virat Kohli, and Steve Smith. In the words of Shane Warne, it was great to speak to him, and we had a ripping time just chewing the fat with him. We also tried to just get a little message across to John Hart that all three of us are willing and available for the New Zealand Open, so feel free to give us a call, Hardy, because <laughs> we are just waiting for that moment to fill in our calendars. Please, John Hart. Anyway, we've got Adam Blair coming up very very soon as well. Izzy, and he's going to chat to us about the Warriors who are just off to a, well, they're on a three-game winning streak and maybe, just maybe, are a chance of making the finals. I think he'll actually provide <clears throat> a bit more hope than uh, Tony Kemp provided yesterday about the Warriors and their chances and actually pump their tyres up instead of deflating them, that poor kid. It plays halfback for them <laughs> at the moment. We'll have to chat to Blairy, mate. He's online at the moment. You got us, Spazza. Yeah, yep, it is. Yeah, he is online. We're just going to keep him there for one sec. Sorry, Adam. Uh, now it's time for the next stop on our Rebel Sport Top 25 Moments from the last 25 years. For Rebel Sport, celebrating 25 years of helping Kiwis find their win, it's New Zealand's Top 25 Sporting Moments from the last 25 years. Number 10.
Rugby League Miracle, coached by Stephen Kearney, assistant coach Wayne Bennett, and the skipper Nathan Kalis. It was a Rugby League Miracle in 2008 when a strong and spirited Kiwi side stood up to the Kangaroos and gave it to them. A man who was right in the thick of it, a young Melvin Stillman Ford at the time, nowadays an analyst. We're going to get on to talk the Warriors at some point with this man, Adam Blair. But, geez, Adam, it must feel good. 13 years ago. Uh, morning, brothers. Yeah, uh, yeah. just listening to the, that, that playback there, it's um, some pretty cool memories. Um, I was a young 24-year-old, I think three years into my NRL career, and an opportunity to play for my country in a World Cup where backs against the wall, no one gave us any hope. But then, you know, a week of uh, just belief and understanding that we can do it up, up against a quality Australian team, uh, you know, it just it all fell into place on the day. And I, I don't know, I, I felt from the from the moment of day one on the Monday that, um, you know, we were in this game and uh, we were going to go out there and do our best. And we just believed in each other that day. And that, that's what it, all it took. It was just a, a, a focus of believing in each other and believing that we can win the game. And that's, and that's how it ended up. Hey, Blairy, bro, I was reliving that moment this morning. I had to have a rewatch of it. And... Uh, are you able to put yourself back in that moment and share with us the the, the kind of you know the way the game went and what when was the defining moment that kind of made you feel like you boys could probably win this World Cup? Oh, bro, Izzy, to, to be honest, um, you know it was mostly the captain's run. Eh? We 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 uh, boys rock up with these crazy as haircuts. We've all had this. We've had this week of just <laughs> we're just going to go out there and just believe in everything we've done. We've all watched the last of the Mohegans and a couple of our boys like that and I was like, Holy, holy, these fellas are gonna go out there and kill somebody. That's how like that's how what it, they look like. And you know, from the moment of the first kickoff, I think we had Sam Rapida, one of the young boys from the Warriors back then, mate, he had this haircut that was just off this planet and from the moment he kicked the ball and he received it, I was thinking holy, he's just gonna run straight through people and I just felt it and I just started from that moment of a kickoff that, geez, we're, we're going to get us to the Aussies and we're going to do whatever it can to beat them. And, you know, the haircut said it all uh, for us. You know, I think Isaac Luke had this random when they had the old, um, the lines, you know, the lines for your head. He had all these zigzags <laughs> going on. I'm like, geez, we're, we're, we're in for something here, boys. So that, I, for me, bro, if I go back into those, that was kind of the feeling I got from the kickoff that we were going to be in it. I think throughout the game, I didn't feel like we were going to lose the game. You know, in moments in moments in games that just kind of gave us that opportunity, uh, I guess the Billy Slater moment. There was one where um, I think we got a break and the ball was knocked down. Dave Farlongo picks the ball up, runs the length. And even then, you know, you think, oh, there's a bit of luck going our way here and that could have gone either way. But we get those things. You know, I ended up scoring a try, but I honestly thought it was a knock-on. I just scooped the ball up one hand and put it down <laughs> casually, thinking, oh, they're just going to go back and take it off us, you know what I mean? So there's all these little moments yeah. in the game where it just fell into place for us. And those are the kind of things that when I reflect back on it, I, I, I visualise those moments and I kind of knew from, like I said, the, the um, captain's run that these, these guys are ready to go out there and do the damage. Well, I was going to ask you about that little meat pie that you got in that game. And you actually had no haircut. You just had Goldilocks, a little afro going on. Yeah, bro, throughout my career, I've either had long, long afro hair or just all off, number one, all over. And I've never really gone to the barber. I've just done it myself, you know. So I go for a three-year period, long hair, and then I get cut of time. I go, oh, I'm over it, cut it all off, start again. So throughout my career, you'll see the old change of hairstyles. It hasn't, the hairstyles have changed. It's just the cut. 
either short or long or in between. So, um, yeah, that, that, that try, like I said before, boys, it was um, an opportunist try. I just was on the other side of the field jogging around, and then I seen the ball bounce, scooped it off one hand, casually put it down, and thinking, ah, that's not going to be a try. Scored a try, and then they gave it to me, and I was like, yeah, that's mean in a World Cup. So, yeah, they so, so scored, scored a pretty casual try. Oh, brilliant. Rabs Warren called that that performance from you guys in 2008. Um, he called it a miracle. But hearing you talk as well, Adam, you guys had that self-belief about you. So it didn't surprise you that you had that performance. Do you think, what about this current Kiwi side? Do you think that they can rise to the levels that you guys were able to achieve? I reckon talent-wise, uh, the Kiwi boys at the moment are, are so much better than what we were. We had some some good old heads that just knew how to get the job done, eh? But, again, you've got to have a good mix of young and old and some guys in the middle. At the moment, we've got some guys on the on the end, coming to the end of their career, not right, right at the end, but the, the Melbourne Storm boys that come through a nice, good system that knows what know, that know what it takes, that knows what it looks like. And then we've got some young kids coming through with all this energy and excitement just to go out there and play footy. I think with today's day and age with the game that's been played now, it's quite fast. We're playing with momentum. So we've got kids there that can jump on the back of that and ride this. And so quality, we've got quality at the moment with all our Kiwi boys. And most of the boys are playing in finals footy at the moment. We're trying to get a spot into the eight, which is which is great for New Zealand Rugby League because back then, uh, to be honest, it was... You know, if you played well, you were going to be in, in the Kiwis. Then there wasn't too much uh, depth behind us. So at the moment, there's actually some people challenging each other to get into that position, which is what you need when you're coming to, to, to test match to, to, to playing for your country. You want people pushing each other. You don't want your spot guaranteed, and you shouldn't think it's guaranteed because you need to work hard for it. Hey, bro, I just want to, sorry to go back to that uh, 2008, but I want to talk about Kearney, Bennett, and Nathan Kalis. We've spoken a lot of it this morning about leadership how important it is in, in, in teams uh, going forward. Can you talk, tell us what were they were like in, in that 2008 World Cup and how influential were they in, like for a young fellow like you, 24 years old? Oh, mate, uh, to be honest, I was just head down by my and I just didn't want to make a mistake and didn't want to do anything wrong throughout the whole uh, the, the World Cup year. I just I was grateful to be there and I wanted to grab that opportunity. Uh, Nate Kalis was at his, coming to the back end. I think the World Cup was his last year of rugby league, so... With for him and the things that they've done previously for the country, they wanted to to make the most of what whatever's left. Stephen Kearney's new into the role comes in. He 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 wants New Zealand to do well. He's got the forefront of New Zealand rugby league in his mind and wanted to make sure that we are successful whenever he's coaching the team. And then Wayne Bennett comes comes in throughout the camp, but we hear a lot more from Wayne in that last week of um, of the World Cup where we're coming up against Aussies. Uh, the good thing with Wayne, he wants to see rugby league um, thrive and be better. Uh, no matter what country it is or what nation he, he's around, he wants it to be better as, as he's doing now with England. So, you know, and we didn't hear too much about Wayne during the during the, the tournament, but Wayne stepped up the last week and Wayne spoke about the belief. Wayne spoke about New Zealand, the country. Um, Wayne spoke about the, the good players that the Aussies had that, you know, the Lockheers, the Thurston's, the Billy Slater's, the Cooper Cronk's, uh, all those guys that were, that were, and some are going to be um, immortals of the game. So it was about believing that, you know, and this is what Wayne instilled in us, is believing that we could go out there and believing in ourselves that we can get a job done. And, and we had the country riding us to do that, eh? So that, that was the whole thing about those guys when it comes to leadership, is Nate 
just wanted to do New Zealand proud and wanted to leave a legacy for the next people to move forward. And and Stephen Kearney was was his first, you know second second year in and just wanted to he had rugby league of New Zealand putting us on the map. That's what it was. Me, yeah, that's spot on answer and great question as well. Was because leadership structures and cultures has been a huge part of our show today. We had Shane Warne on earlier on. Now we have Adam Blair talking to us about the success of the 2008 Kiwis. Mate, I just want to um, just want to ask you on the back of that that uh, those comments around self belief and and around the environment. The the current Warriors they now they went they went seven in a row. Um, where they got beat. Now they well, their season was almost gone, and now they've found a way to steal themselves and put together three performances. Could they, just could they, find a way into the eight? Well, I'll tell you what, I, I get and I feel how our fans feel when you're watching the Warriors play eight. They're, you're on a roller coaster ride. You don't know what team's going to turn <laughs> up, whether they're going to win, whether they're going to lose. So I get that feeling now that I'm on the outside. I guess my job is to analyse the game and look at it at a different angle and give the fans that don't understand some of the parts that I've known from when I've been in there. So that's what my job is. So I, I do ride the highs and lows of them, and I do when I'm analysing the game going, oh, man, if they just did this, it's easy sitting back and telling, saying those things because you're not in the in the grind of the brothers. So it's easy for those things. Um, I, uh, as you said about Tony Kemp giving them no hope, there's always hope. There's always hope. If, if there's a if there's a, a mathematical chance that they can make there, you've got to give them an opportunity and got to give them a chance. Yes, they've still got to win every single game moving forward. Whether they make it or not, it doesn't matter. If they win every single game and they don't make the eight, it gives them a platform to, for them to look forward to for the next year where they can go back and go, hey, guess what? We won seven games in a row. What did we do well there? And how can we do that better moving forward into next year? So it gives them a stepping stone. So I feel... I feel that we come up against the Broncos, who's coming into a bit of form as well themselves. The Lots should have won the game against the Roosters. They, um, for mm. me, defensively, they've, they've stepped up again. They're, they're, they're aggressive. They're coming after teams, which is what you need to do in the NRL. And then they've got the Raiders and then hey, the bro, Titans you... in the shop. So those two... Sorry, bro. Sorry, brother. No, so you, those... you Sorry, I was just going <laughs> to... You can come back to me if you want. Um, and those two teams, we've, they're there above us and we've got to play them to get into the, to the eight. So, um, it's uh, yes, it's quite a, it's not a, a hard run home. And even if we do win all our games, um, I think with everything that's gone on in the terms of the last two years, uh, again, this year, people going home, um, you know, the crazy, crazy thing of COVID has, has been a pretty crazy time. But... Um, you know, I feel that they're a top eight team when they're playing their best foot. Awesome. Sorry, sorry for interrupting there. I was just going to ask you about this um, going forward with the squad. Uh, Sean Johnson coming back, Harris DeVita, uh, Reese Walsh at the back. Where, where do you think the squad uh, recruiting-wise? Do we need any more someone else coming? Like I heard talks about Brandon Smith maybe. He'd be an absolute grab for us if we got him. Uh, well, he, he would be a, but I, I guess there's... Uh, 15 other clubs that are keen on, on chasing him <laughs> as well as keeping him, you know what I mean? So, um, again... Bring him home, brother. In, yeah, well, <laughs> there it is. Um, I, I guess at the moment, Brandon Smith's in a good place and they're going places at the Melbourne Storm. And I guess when, you, when you're playing well and you're consistently winning, um, it brings confidence. You, you're happy with where you, your working environment. Uh, and you go out there and it shows on the field with what he's doing. But for us, I think, yeah, we definitely need... Uh, a running hooker, 
Um, we definitely mm. need most probably um, attacking centre, maybe uh, attacking centre. So Pirahiki's not going to be there. I think Pirahiki's a footballer. He plays a bit of like a bit like that. So um, we're going to lose him next year. So the talks of Joseph Manu. I know there's obviously talks about rugby union trying to get him. Mate, he's 24, maybe 25. So he's coming into the the good time of his his, his career and playing some really good football at the Roosters, but. Again, every other club's going to be chasing him. So those are the things. I know they're keen on trying to bring a young Dylan Brown back over at some stage. He's from he's from Whangarei. So the Warriors have been trying to chase him for a while, but he's always been under contract. So there's there's, there's conversations around that. Um, so yeah, so a quality hooker and much really a strike centre at the moment. To be honest, boys. Mm. Mm. Hey, beautiful. Oh, what a legend. We could talk to you all morning, Adam. <laughs> Thanks heaps, mate, for, yeah, for joining us on As Nizzy for Breakfast. And, and also talking us through the, the emotions of 2008 and what it meant to you and, and just taking us back to that time where the, the Kiwis were so dominant over the kangaroos as well. So thanks for joining us, Adam Blair, on As Nizzy for Breakfast. No worries, lads. Appreciate it. Awesome. Legend. How good was that? Is he jeepers? I tell you, you're in yes. danger of becoming the NRL correspondent as well with your line of questioning. <laughs> That's how good you're going. No, you're you're no. a multi-talented sports reporter, I think. Don't start, Baz. I just love, I just love like, the league. The, the Warriors, fans, I know you're a Warriors fan, but it's probably the most yeah. fascinating team in New Zealand at the moment because, like he said, the roller coaster of events when you support them. And we always want to do the want to see them do well and when they really do well man they are an unbelievable team to support they are so good at what they do but it's just the times that they they're not and i want to know why and and the things that go on behind <laughs> the doors that really you do me. i'm just a fan i'm on the warriors train come on the warriors kick home you can knock over <laughs> these last three make the make the eight and then who knows a miracle might happen anyway we have got to get off to a bit of a break now as well that was uh adam blair talking us through 2008 where the Kiwis surfed it up to the Kangaroos. That was a Rebel Sport top 25 moment from the last 25 years. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. It is 20 minutes past eight. And a big thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. 25 past eight this morning on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. You can get in touch with us on 0800 150 811 on the Kennards High phone line at any stage. But it's time to catch up with our man at the TAB for a live update. Bet on your favourite sports with the TAB app today. Paul Mawati's on the line. And Paul, can I just figure out and can we hear from you how much liability is the TAB going to cop from Brendan McCullum's account, Israel Dagg's account and just everyone else in, in New Zealand's account when Bifrost starts and to it, packing them today. Get up, boy. We've, we, we've been stitched up here. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It didn't take long to realise that everyone knew something was going on here. Um, Bifrost in race two at the Packenham synthetic track has been just ridiculous. Uh, I, I just cannot believe the number of bets on Bifrost. Um, <laughs> yeah. We've, not yeah, done yet either. Yeah, I'm not done no, yet. You've, you've got us here, you boys. You feel like you've got us here. And not only that, we've got a bonus back promotion on races one and two from Packing and oh, Synthetic today. Oh, <laughs> no. you're kidding. Look out. <laughs> Don't be a moron, Miz. <laughs> <laughs> the house is in trouble. The house may come down. <laughs> Over 90% of the bets on that race 
are on Bifrost. Um, oh, so, wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, after the way Elephant performed on the weekend, you can see why. Um, those <laughs> colours have been very, very successful. So, yeah, you boys, you've got us. Wow, we haven't got you yet. You've still got some hope, but hopefully hopefully we do get you. We'll buy you a beer if we get you anyway. Hey, um, Paul, just another one before you before you crack on. Yeah. We got asked by someone earlier on, what were the Indian... Uh, what were the odds of India winning at lunchtime today? Because keep in mind that that's only the second time in history that a team has declared their third innings, um, declared at lunchtime after lunch on the last day of a test match and gone on to win. So do we have any sort of idea of what the odds roughly were for them to win the test at lunchtime today? I can't tell you at lunchtime. Uh, you're talking about at lunch uh, in the test sort of thing. Um, yeah, lunchtime on the last day, on the fifth day at, over there at Lords. Probably should have given you a heads I up know, on this one, sorry. Yeah, I know the draw was uh, very, very short um, just because of the stage of the game that we were at and it, it looked like it was just going to meander on, but the Indians had other ideas um, and, and, and set a, uh, a great sort of target. Um, and, yeah, the English just said didn't look anywhere... Uh, like getting it at all. So I'll have a little look here. I'll do a wee bit of digging, and I can either let you know tomorrow um, or let Smitty know later on this afternoon, uh, later on this morning. Outstanding, Paul. And tomorrow we've got um, uh, I've had a bit of more of a heads up, so I've got I've got a bet for uh, the Cambridge Synthetic tomorrow, which we're going to do another bonus back on. So we'll give uh, everyone out there a chance to get into that as well tomorrow when you come back. Promotions in play and hundreds of sports markets to choose from. Visit tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R18. There you go, boys. It's good to hear, Izzy, that you've opened your purse strings and 90% of the cash in race two at the, at the Packenham Synthetic is on Bifrost. You boys are starting something, mate. I think the TAB's worried. Paul Moati, he's probably going to go miss his flight again so he doesn't have to talk to us. He's, he's a, he is shaking in his boots, Paulie. <laughs> you've got us boys fed and come, oh, gee, I need a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> oh good yeah, man yeah. Well thanks for joining us again Paul Outstanding, it's coming up 8.30 He has got one hope Well the jockey just, all you have to do Is just get it in the race Let it just do its thing, okay Don't interfere, just let it do its thing 8.30 in the morning, Baz and Izzy for breakfast Yeah here's Trudy with the news for Kubota Together we are shaping and building New Zealand $9.2 million or whatever it was on a baseball card. I reckon that's about the liability to the TAB's got on Bifrost in race two. Sorry, lads. What was the horse's name in race two? The Packenham Synthetic it is Bifrost for the Browns. I think the secret's well out of the bag now, boys. Hey, a sad story from yesterday, which Trudy's referenced a couple of times. There has been charges laid, and it's even sadder because its 15-year-old has been charged with the attempted murder of Australian rugby great Totai Kefu, who was stabbed in the stomach in his Brisbane home while um, while there was a burglary going on. So he was left in critical condition trying to defend his family, and he's now in hospital, and he's in critical, but he's he is alive, which is, I guess, at least good. 
just the news you do never never want to see. There's so much going on in the world, and, and that was just horrible. And then a 15 year old, it's yeah, it's awful stuff. So our thoughts and prayers are obviously with uh, Mr. Kefu. What a fine rugby player he was, and and a great leader for the Tongan rugby team as well. And in, this, in better news, more positive, cheery news. Shane Bond, one of our greats, has signed on with the Black Caps for the T20 World Cup. He'll be the fourth coach up in the UAE for that World Cup and three T20 internationals against India. He is obviously a fast, fast bowler and he's got a couple of quick bowlers to work with in that squad, doesn't he, Baz? Yeah, he does. And it's great news for New Zealand cricket and great news for all of the fast bowlers in that squad because I know they hold him in very high regard and having Bondi as our bowling coach from the time that I was captain in New Zealand, I can say he's, he's as good as what there is around um, not I obviously don't understand the mechanics of bowling myself, but just in, in terms of his planning, um, his processes, and the way he just pushes the guys to be better, sometimes uncomfortably so, um, but he does push you to be better, and I think that's why he is held in such high regard as a bowling coach around the world. Of course, he was also a head coach of the Sydney Thunder over in the Big Bash, but he stepped aside from that. And hopefully he might be doing a little bit of cricket commentary this year on Spark Sport if we can lure him with the New Zealand dollar rather than the rather than the Indian rupee. But very exciting times for the New Zealand side to have Shane Bond joining them. He's also a bit of a basketball and American sports fan is Shane Bond and he would look at that baseball card and go, Why did I get rid of all of my ones from back in the day? Oh. I I used to keep basketball right. cards as do you ever get into the oh, basketball cards? I've got basketball cards. So TJ Piranata, he actually started, um, I don't know, just doing razors or you do these little lottery things you buy and you buy a little card or whatever. And um, the card breaks are cool. And, mate, unbelievable. I started getting into it. And then that was just one of those one-minute one hobbies. I've still got a pack of them inside. I'll go grab them soon. I've got some goodies. But I want to know what that basketball card was. What, what, did did um, Trudy say what the card was? Is it Babe Ruth or something yeah. like that? Is it an old school classic? 9.4 million. That is unbelievable. Yeah, it was in 1904, wasn't it? Trudy, is that right? Oh, wow. Just opening up the story now, boys. I'm sort of moving on to the 9 o'clock bulletin now, but it was. Hey, <laughs> oh, I know, right? Hang on a minute. I'm clicking, I'm clicking. It was a 1909 card. Uh, and oh, yeah, I'll go do some more digging for you. <laughs> Good that is unbelievable. 1909. Well, I've got some, I've got some basketball cards Honest up. Honest Wagner card. Honest Wagner. Wagner. Google them. No relation to Neil. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, my. Have you got some cards, Bez? Anyway. Yeah, mate, I do. They're up in my um, up in my attic, so I might fish them out. I think I'll mate, you might be sitting on them. an absolute gold mine. Go get them. Well... If I am, they'll be rushed down to the TAB and they'll be going on Bifrost today. Right, it's 8.36 in the morning. <laughs> I'm Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We're in the final furlong of our Tuesday. It's been a great Tuesday. It's been an in-depth Tuesday. It's been a Tuesday of leadership and culture and self-belief. And we're all about that. Right, uh, 24 minutes away from nine. And what is it? I don't have to even read a credit. How good's that? See you shortly. 
18 minutes to nine, and I reckon you might have struck a chord, Trudy and Izzy and Baz, because the baseball cards, I reckon we have to do a morning on this one day, and we're going to get into that very, very soon. But before that, yesterday at this point of the show, boys, we started the campaign, hashtag find Cooler James. Well, we found him, and he's won our All Blacks experience for Cooler of the Month, and we've got him back on the show just to say congratulations and g'day. Morning, James. How you doing, bro? Oh, morning, I'm morning. I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, good, man. Um, just, just update us. Where were you? Why couldn't we find you? Or were you just, were you just there to be found? Oh, it's just a bit of a busy period in life at the moment. Haven't even been able to listen to the show a little bit much. Just got a bit full on at the moment. Um, finishing up the kids' winter footy and then transitioning to the next lot of stuff. And we're doing Renault at the moment on our house too. So yeah, it's just a bit full on. Hey, mate! Congratulations. Uh, honestly. Caller of the month, really appreciate your support. How's the the refing going lately? Have you have you noticed noticed a difference since you made that spiel on air? <laughs> uh it's it's been all right. There's been a couple little incidents, but nothing too much. But we do have the New Zealand Global Games uh, rugby tournament coming up in Taupo um, at the end of September. So that'll be pretty interesting. There'll be 110 teams there. Um, but I hope everybody who's coming up and any of those that are listening, um, yeah, have your best sideline behaviour and then we'll be there to support all the kids and, um, and we should have a good tournament. Oh, that's why you were our caller of the month, James. What a ripping blokes and congratulations. Thanks to Ballpark Entertainment. We'll hook you up and we'll let you know more details on that. Awesome, awesome to track down, James, is. And there now, maybe not more importantly, but back to the baseball cards, what the people really want to hear about. Yep, back to the baseball cards. And before we uh, get into Izzy's got quite a funny story, we've got another caller online <laughs> who has baseball card information. Daniel, good morning. Yeah, guys, um, I was going to send it my text, but I thought it would be too tricky. So the story behind the Honus Wagner card is um, he wasn't actually like the greatest player in the world or anything like that, like a Babe Ruth, where you would think near cards are worth more. But the, the particular run of cards that they're talking about was one of the first runs ever done by a tobacco company. And um, originally they printed some Honus Wagner cards, but he actually objected to it. He was like real anti-tobacco back in that era, which obviously is unusual. But he objected to his card actually, or his image actually being used on the cards. And as a result, I think only like... I think it was like a dozen or like a really small amount of them were actually printed because it was only the original like sample ones. And so a lot of them didn't actually get distributed. It's like an error note almost. Like, And I think it also held the record prior to today. It actually, another Honus Wagner card, it may actually be the same one, actually held the record for the most expensive card at like, it was like three and a half or four million Americans. So it, it may be the same card, but it may be another card the same card if you know what i mean but um that's fascinating yeah, it's, if it's it is as well then story. so that's a pretty good purchase then well it's you've turned three or four million into nine nine point something well, million. of course so yeah. maybe but it's yeah yeah it was actually the the reason i know it, it was actually featured um i'm a bit of a porn stars nut and it was featured that the particular card or a card similar was actually <laughs> featured on an episode <laughs> of porn stars a couple of years ago and then as i said Rich, I heard the story. I was like, I wonder if that's the Honus Wagner card. And then obviously when she said it was, I was like, oh, I know yeah, all about yeah, that yeah. card. Yeah. Oh. 
Oh, yeah, I just had to take Daniel, you're welcome back any time. I've watched that program too. <laughs> I've watched that program too. I had to take two. I was wondering which program you're watching, but I, th- I know what you're on about now. It's pretty great. P A W N for everyone out there whose mind is in the gutter yeah. this time in the morning on a Tuesday. <laughs> thanks for joining us, Daniel, and thanks for the informative information around that Honus Wagner no, good. You try rating good day. baseball card. Legend. Appreciate before we it, get man. off to the before we get off to a break as well, is you've got a you've got a bath. A basketball card story too, don't you? Or a baseball oh, card story. So my brother's texted and he said, tell them the stories about my cards, is he? Look, I'm going to throw myself, I'm going to show a bit of vulnerability here. So growing up, my brother's had uh, X-Men cards, they were bears. So back in the day, I was collecting X-Men cards. And so what they used to do, they used to put them under the mattresses and just keep them nice and flat. And, um, yeah, this young Israel, Israel Dag was going to sleep one night and... Uh, I just had a wee accident throughout the night, and um, so in the morning my brother goes and grabs his cards, and I've absolutely destroyed them because I've wet the bed, so his X-Men cards got destroyed. They probably would have been worth a hell of a lot of money today, Mahana, so I really apologise for that, bud. And, uh, yeah, so there you go. Parents, anyone out there that's got kids, don't put your cards underneath your son's beds or your, or your daughter's bed because they might have an accident and we're on them. There you go. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant oh. from you, Oh, thanks for the calls as well. It is 8.47. We're gonna, well, we've got Ian Smith after the break for our temper question, a sleep on it question we're going to post to him. But this is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on Tuesday, 12 minutes to nine. It's eight minutes away from Ian Smith. Uh, boys, I reckon we might have missed an opportunity today. I just saw a replay of the breakdown on the tally, and John Kerwin is Sir John Kerwin's wearing a backwards cheese cutter. That is some seriously questionable headwear outfits. Anyway, or maybe we can get stuck into that later in the week. Kia ora, Kazi. Bifrost is now $5 on Victoria TAB. The word is spreading. Cheers, Grant in Melbourne. Fantastic, Grant. Thank you for texting on double eight double three. When you do that, well, you could be our text of the month, and we Given away a Timper Queen bed valued at $10,000 for the text of the month. Speaking of, it's time for sleep on it. Thanks to Timper, they've got mattresses, pillows, and adjustable bases which conform to the exact shape of your body for unrivaled comfort and support. Baz, do you have something for the doy in today? Yeah, I do. I do actually. Um, but before we get into that, good morning, Smitty. Uh, good morning, Baz. Good morning, Izzy. I'm a little bit nervous about uh, anything uh, involving sleeping on it at the moment after hearing Izzy's story, but uh, fire ahead, Baz, at some stage. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't believe okay, it, really, but I had to show vulnerability. I had to be vulnerable. It was a great story. <laughs> oh, crikey. Oh. So the question, the question that we have for you, our temper question for you to sleep on, Smitty, is, with India being the one who holds the cards commercially, does their success in Test cricket determine the future of that form of the game? So a little bit long-winded, but I'm sure you understand what we're saying. Um, how's your show looking today, mate? Oh, look, very good, actually. We've got a mixture of young and old, to be fair. Uh, we start with uh, Charlize Ledger-Walker, who's a fantastic young basketballer who is uh, just cutting his way through uh, women's college basketball in America. She's based at Washington State, but she's home uh, playing for her mum's team, Waikato, in the Women's uh, National Basketball League. So Charlize, uh, just 19 years of age. Uh, she's first up with then Phil Tautarangi. After that, on, on golf, of course, it's the Women's British Open coming up this week. And it's also FedEx time, isn't it, where you sort out whether you're in the top 125 or outside. And we were exactly as Danny Lee gone, um, whereas... Uh, 
you know, all those other uh, golfers around the, the world in terms of making the cut and getting back into their competition. Timmy Horan uh, is back with us. Uh, he's been fantastic, but he's back a, a little bit about Tōtai Kefu, of course, and uh, also the uh, wash-up of the <coughs> the Wallabies at the weekend. And uh, right at, towards the end of the day, we've got a, a beauty. Uh, our, I think it's our number nine sporting moment is Mark Paston saving that penalty against Bahrain all those years ago to get us into the 2010 World Cup. So Mark Paston is our guest after 11 o'clock. Looking forward to that. Beautiful. I'm going to let Izzy talk to you about Kefu shortly, Totai Kefu shortly. But um, uh, we have had a bit of a plunge today, mate. We've had a plunge at Pakenham. Mm-hmm. Race two at Pakenham. Horse called yep. Bifrost. In from reasonably generous odds of about $8, I think it was. Now plunged into $5. TAB, 90% of the bets have come on that. Tell me you got some of it, Smitty. No, I haven't heard. I, I just haven't been able to get on. I've been so busy preparing, Bess. So just, just give us a little bit of background on the horse and, and why. Uh, why. Uh, so it's, it's the same, come from uh, the same stable as Elephant, which obviously mm-hmm. served it up to them on Saturday. First starter over in, in Australia and not having to beat a whole lot. And, um, and yeah, the money's just on, mate. The money's just on. So... Five bucks. Okay, so Five bucks in Victoria at the moment. So the lads are on the breakfast show. I'll tell you what we should look. This is what I've been thinking about this, Baz, and because you've you've got you know, uh, you you sit at the right hand of the lead, uh, right hand of the leader, and you know, you're like the little New Zealand god of e- SEN. Uh, so he- here's the thing. Um, <laughs> why don't we? Why don't we as a group? Why don't we race a horse? Why doesn't SEN in uh, SENZ syndicate and race a horse? You know, think of the oh, chat we'd have. Think of the fun we'd have as a group. And we could get people in on it as well. We could form a syndicate. Oh, that'd be great, Smithy. Zed, race a horse. Call it that. Yeah, there's one, Call it there, that. Yeah, that's great. That's great. But there's only one key attribute to this, okay? One key thing. Yeah. Anyone else that raced a horse with us, we have a strict no dickheads policy, okay? Okay, well, we'll rule out most of your listeners. <laughs> oh, crikey, that's brave. That is brave. <laughs> oh, you love a little oh. pizza. I just love sitting back in my chair listening to you two go. It's great. <laughs> yeah, I went on his show yesterday as well. I paid it forward, went on Smitty's show, tried to get the ratings up a little bit, and now he's given us that. Well, to be fair, Baz, we haven't got down to the top five yet with that 173 at Eden Park back in 1990. So I'm expecting to be, I'm sort of expecting a call for your show. <laughs> oh, we could talk, we could talk for three hours about your cut shot. That'd be awesome. Yeah, oh, brilliant. Fantastic. <laughs> Izzy, do you want to, do you want to just quickly chat with uh, Smitty around that? Totai Kefu as well. Yes, Totai Kefu. That's pretty um, sad news coming out of Australia, Smitty, with um, Totai Kefu. Do I don't know the latest and how he is in hospital. He's obviously in, in a coma. Is, am I right? Yeah, like, I'm going to get a, a firm update from Tim Horan. But yeah, Jeremy Paul's been posting a bit to help us out over here. And uh, I understand he's been through surgery and he's been removed from critical down to stable, which is a great sign. As he, It's a fantastic sign. You know the thing that concerns me that I read this morning? I haven't had it absolutely confirmed, but uh, they've caught at least one, maybe two of the perpetrators here. They're both 15 years of age, uh, and they're going to process them through the children's court. Now, if you break into someone's house, if you break into the someone's house, um, you know, three of you, 
have a crack, end up stabbing, you know, and, and uh, assaulting and stabbing basically every member of the family. Uh, you go through the children's court? Uh, you really do? What? I mean, good God. Good God. Yeah, yeah that, that yeah, is no, he's spot on. And let's hope that 15 years old, things I can't improve. believe that. Yeah, oh, let's uh, let's no. hope things improve there so Taikefu can pull through. It's a sad story, but we have had some good stories today as well. We've had some good chat and some wonderful guests too. Harry Simeo was outstanding talking us through the Premier League and how that shaped up after week one. Shane Warne chatted all things England, India, and he also chatted about some great leadership lessons and cultural experiences um, being based in cricketing teams. Adam Blair was brilliant chatting to us about the 2008 Kiwi side and the success against the Kangaroos and the potential chance of the Warriors moving forward. Big thank you to everyone today, to all of our team as well. Louis, Trudy, Joe and Kieran, thank you. From all of us here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SDNZ. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.